Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk Show. Phone lines are open right now, but this show is strictly for men only. We have a few rules, and they are absolutely no profanity, no politics, and no racial stuff. The show is apolitical and race neutral so that we can make sure that any man can feel comfortable on our show. And this ain't Bible study. Tonight's topic, trapped. My name is Rodney, and I'll be your host, along with my co-hosts, Tony and Darren. If you do have something to say, please feel free to do so, or if you just prefer to listen, that's absolutely fine as well. But please find your mute button right now and kindly put your phone on mute. All right, let's get started. John is a mathematician, so he was used to solving complicated problems. But when his wife of 20 years, Sarah, was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, John didn't know what to do. His wife would either become so irate that she would curse him out repeatedly or she would be so depressed she would barely get out of bed. John said of all the problems he thought they encountered during their marriage, mental illness was not something he'd ever considered. When the symptoms of mental illness first begin to surface, most spouses don't know what to think. Following a diagnosis, the first response from a spouse is usually sympathy, says Dr. David Karp, noted professor of sociology at Boston College. So what kind of emotions do you think the healthy spouse, John here, starts to feel later down the road? Initially, sympathy, sympathetic to his wife, um, but what kind of what what kind of emotions do you think he'll start to feel later down the road? John John feels I believe in that case uh, when you're helpless, then and and if it continues to happen and you guys got a young marriage and you got some years on you as far as. Um, being married even longer if you got 40 years ahead of you and it's already starting to push the button of tilting you over the threshold of man this girl this is getting on my nerve and i can't deal with it you know i don't know what kind of mood she's going to be in when i come in or when i leave you know it's going to it's going to test his uh fortitude and it's going to test him as a husband it's going to test his love as well so and i think he's going to end up compromising or he would end up compromising and saying you know I think that um, this. I think that I'm just going to put her in a home, or we're going to have to dissolve this marriage because I can't deal with this every day. Exactly, exactly. Good words, and you know, some of that, like you said, he's bound to feel anger, frustration, and possibly hate. But yeah, John now has feelings of feeling trapped in his marriage. But should John have these kind of emotions about his marriage? You know, feeling trapped. 
you know, hating his wife? I mean, uh, should he have these kind of emotions? Man, it depends on what he's going through, man. You can you can never tell what a person is going through. Um, just like them people who come back from war, man, they got PTSD, and they say, you know, I'm going to stick with you thick and thin, and then when it gets thick, they like, man, I can't can't come in. We I just bought this chandelier. What is doing? Why are you breaking it? You know, why are you hanging it? Why are you why are you swinging from it? Why are you throwing plates? Why are you busting out glasses, man? You need to you costing me money, you know. So I think when all of that take into play, you, you start to look at it, and then you start to get people to side with you by telling them your story that you're going through with this person, and then they're gonna you you get them to coerce with you to hey, go ahead and leave. Uh, you know, you need to leave. You know, that's that's what people do. They they first they build up an audience of people that kind of urge them and push them and nudge them into leaving what they really want to do anyway. So then, when they leave, it won't be a big shock to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Doctor Carp also says that caring for someone who has a mental illness can be more draining than caring for someone with cancer. Do you all agree or disagree with Dr. Karp? Caring for someone who has a mental illness is more draining, can be more draining than caring for someone with cancer. I don't I don't know if it can be more draining, but it's definitely more frustrating because a lot of times you see them as normal and a lot of times you 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 think that they could control it. Whereas somebody with cancer, you know they have no control. You know that, that their body is, is being eaten away. But a lot of times somebody with mental, mental, mental illness appears to be normal, you know, and they don't appear to have any problem, you know, so a lot of times people think that they can, you know, turn the switch on and off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, I mean, just to let you know, um, uh, people with cancer – they go through a lot of emotional ups and downs as well. They go through um, since they got they have to get the estrogen removed from their body. Uh, the estrogen removal causes hot flashes, which causes mood swings, which causes uh, you know um, tempers, you know up and down. You know, so I have to sometimes. I mean, it's not mental illness. It's not the same. But I have to kind of check my wife at some point, like, hey, look, you know, I, I know you're dealing with your deal. You know, I know you're dealing with your go-through, but I'm going through it with you, so you need to pipe down, shorty. You know, I have to let her know that, hey, it's, that ain't good for me. You know, that ain't good for the house. Just calm down. Let me get you some water on your face or something because, you know, all this all this unnecessary roughness ain't necessary, you know. Yeah. Now, Darren, you've been caring for your wife with breast cancer, and how, how would you compare it? if she was bipolar well i can't I can't speak from a bipolar standpoint because i don't I, I I don't wish to be in that situation I don't know anybody that's in that situation, but I can only imagine so imagining that is you know I have to deal with a bipolar wife vice a, a wife that's dealing with what she's dealing with you know um it actually makes us more aware of a problem in the situation, so that keeps a lot of argument down that keeps a lot of um that brings a lot of awareness um, to a situation that normally I wouldn't be aware of. It keeps me from saying things that I normally would or ordinarily would say if she didn't have it, you know, um, but it keeps our relationship uh, uh, guarded, you know, just like I can imagine an interracial couple go through 
uh, the, in their relationship when, you know, uh, the, it makes them stronger because so many people are against their, perhaps so, so many people are against their relationship that they, it, it makes their bond stronger, you know, especially during a time like the 60s or whatever. So it, it's the same thing with a cancer patient or a person that, that used to have cancer and, uh, you know, uh, pieces of their body is gone and, and everything like that. So you have to be very sensitive to those people. Uh, bipolar, I think uh, one day they're here and one day they're not, I don't think I can deal with that. Yeah. But did you ever feel exhausted with, with all of the demands of trying to work, raising a couple teenagers, raising your grandson with cerebral palsy while, while trying to care for your sick wife? No, I looked at it as a blessing. Actually, I didn't. Um, I didn't see it as a burden until the first week, and then y'all heard about it the first week. And and after um, she asked me to open up my communication line with her, you know, after she found out on the show, you know, how I was really feeling, then it kind of it kind of um, opened up some new doors for us. It was just it was just doors that weren't weren't there before, and now that they're open, it's like. Um, our love for each other is a lot more stronger than it was before because now we're dealing with this third wife or this third husband or this third entity that's in the marriage, you know what I mean, that we have to be aware that's there or, or potentially have the have the uh, strength to come back if we're not careful. If, if her stress level gets above a certain thing because cancer is caused by stress too, uh, so I, I have to keep that down. So now I'm just extra aware of of our arguments or not arguments I don't argue she just I I, I would say our, our conversations are our heated conversations I'm aware of that because I try to keep the heat down and why she's kind of you know where she is you know so that that brings us closer together and it and it brings me more humble uh, in my opinion it, it makes me uh, not want to argue with her because I know the condition. spouse does something for their mate with a physical illness, they're usually met with gratitude. Uh, people who have bipolar disorder often deny the diagnosis and are unwilling to comply with their medication and treat their spouse, unfortunately, like the enemy. And the diagnosis of a lifelong illness can scare a spouse away since it means that many of the responsibilities of daily life fall onto the healthy spouse. And in the U.S., as we know, roughly about half of all marriages fail. But what do y'all think of the statistics on marriages involving a spouse with bipolar disorder? What do y'all think of the statistics on that? Anybody got a number? We know 50% of regular marriages um, is, is, you know, get divorced. But what about... When, when a spouse is diagnosed with bipolar, what do you think the number is? 90%. Man, that guy hit it on the nose. How you know that, bro? Man. Well, I wanted to say 100, but I know some people probably make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But, yeah, it's uh, 90%. You're exactly right. And let me, let me ask you a question, Ronnie. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted Go to know. Ahead. Where where are we getting this fifty percent of? Oh, it's just a it's okay. Never mind. Never mind. It's a, so it's nationally <laughs> known that it's fifty percent divorce rate. Okay. Yeah. All right. Might be closer to sixty now. I don't know. 
you know, I don't know, okay. but it's, uh, it's roughly one out of two fail. Um, wow. But one woman says she yearns for the day when someone would take care of her instead of the other way around. But John is actually in the 10% because he mm-hmm. made a decision to save his marriage. Instead of John seeing his marriage as something he would have just, you know, write off and cut his losses, he decided to view his continued support of her as an investment, kind of like the same thing you did there. Um, They have not only stayed together, but they've also grown stronger as a couple. Go ahead. But it doesn't mean that you still can't have a good life. It just won't be the one that you envision. And Mm -hmm. speaking of stress, Darren, you know, another man, different man, uh, totally different scenario, but still bipolar. Um, he was so guilt-ridden to divorce his sick wife that he actually died before his wife did. He literally died mm. from stress, you know, just being stressed mm. out. Um, you know, and as you say, I mean, stress can cause disease, and stress can kill, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so what are some other ways a person can feel trapped in a relationship in which they feel like they can't leave? What are some other ways a person can feel trapped? Like I said, uh, PTSD, man, that, that's that's a big one. I think um, uh, um, paralyzing or a car accident, someone getting um, they lo- their legs blown off. Um, coming back from war, man, that's... Uh, that's a that's a different animal, and then if someone's able to stay in that relationship with all those trial and tri- tribulations that they have to go through, um, um, hats off to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're talking about physical and mental health, but what else other than physical and mental health issues? Um, what else? What are some other ways, fellas, that a person can feel trapped in a relationship? Too many kids, <clears throat> money, money. That's a big one. Yeah. Somebody said kids? Yeah, I said kids and money. Okay. What about kids? Spiritual. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. That's a good one, too. Spiritually trapped. The reason why I say... Go ahead and say say what you say, religion. Spiritually. Mm -hmm. How's that? How is that? Um, mm-hmm. Because because a lot of us that are believers and that do believe um, will stay where they are because of, of their faith. And, and because of their faith, they will hang in longer in that relationship than they normally will because of what their belief system is. Rather, in, in a lot of them want, a lot of them want out, but they don't want to be seen, per se, as the, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Bingo. I agree with him 110,000%. Yep. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, I've, I've been there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for a long time, brother. And you could be in that situation unhappy and not Absolutely. knowing if it's ever going to change because you, you're on different pages, but because of your affiliation with your church and your family and your relationship with God, you're going to hang in there hoping and praying that it gets better. And sometimes it's just you've exhausted all your um, 
your avenues. Yeah. And then 15 years later, you realize you're in the same place as you was 15 years ago. Yeah. 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 Would, would, do you think it's like that because of the way they are, um, they're being taught in their churches that God uh, hates divorce, so we shouldn't get it? Or do you think it's more than is is more traditional than spiritual? Um, I think people don't. I think people don't learn for themselves. They're too busy listening to what somebody has to say, but the word of God tells you to study to show yourself approved. A word yeah. where I'm, you know, a workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth. You know, I mean, there there are a lot of things in relationship, man, that. That you're not held 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 accountable for, man, in relationship, especially if the person is not acting in the will of God in the relationship and being absent from you. You know, the will of the word of God tells you plainly. You know, it says it says uh, you can you can you only time you're supposed to be apart from one another is in fasting and praying. It says we'll come back together. Let you be tempted of the devil, but if if, if they're not coming together with you, the door is ajar. And then you want to know why we go through the temptations we go through. Well, I mean, a lot. Well, if we can't, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't, I believe people hide behind spirituality just to not get a divorce. But a lot of people don't follow what you're talking about. A lot of people don't even know where that says what you just said. A lot of people don't even, I mean, their church on Sunday. But Sunday in the parking lot, they off the chain, you know, until the next Sunday comes. So I, I think they more so hide behind the fact that it's, it's, it's a religion there that tells them not to more so than, than, than be up front with the true problem. Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, so, I, I mean, it's a, it's a nice shelter. You know, the, the, the religious thing is a nice shelter, but it's not the truth when they decide to stay together. Okay, so what do you think about this? And, um, I uh, the other day, the other day, I asked my wife. I said, uh, I said, you know, she told me, she told me that I checked out of the marriage six months ago. That's what she told me. Okay, and I said, I checked out of the marriage six months ago. I said, no, I kind of checked out of it fifteen years ago. Mm. Right? Mm. And, I mean, I'm being honest with you. I said, I kind of checked mm. out of it fifteen years ago. I said, I said the one question. That 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 I asked of you 15 years ago. I said, "Have you ever answered that question for me?" And she said, "She said, she said, she said no." I said, "Are you sure you didn't check out?" Mm. Well, you can't answer a question for me 15 years later. You can't still answer the same question. The only question I asked was, "Where did the intimacy go in the relationship? What happened?" Oh. Well, brother, I don't, I don't. Well, I don't know your name, Brian. and I don't know. Huh? <laughs> we know his name. No we know his name. <laughs> okay, yo, that's fine. But but I, I, cause I'm, I'm I'm looking for your name because I don't know if you've been on other episodes. Because last week, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said, of course I have. I mean, a lot of times, man. I mean, I, I do air conditioning, heating, and a lot of home improvement stuff. So I'm constantly on the run a lot, right? So. Okay, yeah. okay, I I'm, I know who you are now. Okay, so uh, a lot of times when we have these, these episodes, we just found out something very profound last week. We had a okay. show called Am I a Man? And one of the main things of the show that Tony con- continued to elaborate on was if anything happens in our home, it's the man's fault. 
Okay, so uh, and not not everybody might not agree with that, but the assumption was, and after we I, okay, so if you do, then I don't have to go through all the other stuff. So if you do believe that if your wife checked out of the relationship fifteen years ago, then you mm-hmm. got to find out that you got to find out the root of why she checked out or why you believe she checked out. And you got to oh, yeah. find out the root of why the intimacy is not there. And you got to find out where that candle, uh, candle is so you can get a, a real fire going. So that's all up to you. I mean, if it was flowers, if you gave her flowers on year three, four, five, and you stopped giving her flowers and you used to rub her feet year three, four, and five, and you start rubbing them toes and you start you, y'all going out to eat, Year three, four, and five, and you stop doing that. You just gotta. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you gonna, I'm gonna tell. You, I'm gonna tell you something, right? And I uh-huh. understand where you're going at with this, right? But let me tell you something, man. I through all through all that I've gone through, and many times I've been on the phone talking about different things. Let me explain. Let me explain this to you, man. You know, mm-hmm. regardless of the situation and what's going on in my relationship, man. You know, I still love my wife the same as I did when I first met her. I'm going to be honest with you. I may say some crazy stuff sometimes, man, but I think that's what's been causing me to hold on because I've always been anticipating and waiting for that change because sometimes you'll get that change for a period of time, you know, a couple of months, and all of a sudden, man, it's, it's, like, it's, like you, it's like you have civil in your relationship, you know. You don't know who you are the next day or the next couple of weeks, you know. So, yeah, but, you know, but then you always stay there because you care about a person. And then, when I, and then the, the, the just of the matter is, man, you're sitting there and you're waiting and you're waiting and waiting. You see them change for a minute and the candle refires up and next you know we're great and nothing's wrong. And then all of a sudden it reverts right back to the same old thing. You see the same old thing. And after a while, man, as you get my age, man, I'm 52, I'll be 53 years old, man. I mean, if I wait 10 more years of this, man, you know, I don't think my act is going to happen. And, and Darren, um, hey. I hear you, man, and you sound a real textbook, but it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. It's oh, all man, good. I'm telling you, I ain't being textbook, I'm being real with you. No, not you, Brian. I, mean, I said Darren. Darren sound oh, a real Darren, textbook. No, 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 I'm telling you, uh, well, you, you know I speak from, from my life. You know, I speak from my life, and if my life is a textbook, then so be it. But sure. I, have to, I have to have a value, uh, and it has to be a blame. Okay, it has to be a value and a blame. And who holds the primary responsibility coming from whoever we believe in? If God is the one we believe in and he holds us responsible, then guess what? We can't erase that. So so, so we we agree with that part. But so let's flip it back to what the brother said. Uh And I'm going to put it on you. Okay. Okay. So the intimacy in your marriage changed. And it's uh-huh. not the way you were promised it was going to be. Uh-huh. And then you ask your wife, that's all of us. what's that's, going that's on? All of us. Uh-huh. And, then, and then you ask your wife, what's going on with this intimacy? Why is it not the same? And she mm-hmm. says, I don't have an answer for you. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what went wrong. I don't know. And you exactly. feel as though, you know, well, you know, I haven't changed my activities. I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still ready. You know what I'm saying? I'm still my routine is still the same, you know, but it's, it's still changed, you know. And you uh, and like I said, you know, you feel as though that you're still doing your part, but it's still changed. What do you mm-hmm. do in that situation? 
being but Tony, the man. I'm a, ask I'm, her I'm a question, and she tells you, I don't know. Okay, Rodney, I mean, uh, Tony, I'm going to tell you something, bro. Okay, and I'm going to get real personable because I, I'm not afraid to say anything because it's, it's from my heart, okay? You did. My wife right now uh, walking around with no breasts, okay? Sure. That has a psychological effect on a woman. Sure. Which drives her, knowing, knowing that she know I love breasts. Matter of fact, she know I, I got married to her because she had big breasts. She know that that was my main attraction, okay? I'm being real, real with you. No textbook okay. here. Sure. Without that, without that, in her psychological or her, in her psyche, told her that I don't want, your husband don't want you anymore because you don't have or you have something that's fake that's there. Sure, okay? Yeah. And in her mind, she looks abnormal. But now she's not going to admit that to me because she don't. That's embarrassing to have that conversation. So if I, when I ask her, "Hey, why you ain't? Hey, I'm still, I'm, I'm still sexually charged. You know what's going on?" And she's going to say, "I don't know." But now I got to go picking. I got to go figure out. Well, what is it? This is it? That is it? This. So now I've started to get her in the mood by doing certain things and and going extra out of the way. Until finally we have this conversation where she breaks down in tears and say she finds herself not attractive. She don't. She thinks that I'm just going through the motions when I do certain things. So I had to find that that easy button that they sell in Home Depot when you push that red button to try to figure out. Hey, let me push go here to try to figure out what's wrong with my wife. But I had to search for that button. I had to search her brain, search her mind, search her spirit to figure out what what are you not telling me now. In some cases, it could be that one of you guys slipped out of the marriage. One of you guys went cheating on on, on the other nah. and don't know how to. Not, not, not saying ain't talking about not that, saying, bro, but I'm, I'm just nah. saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It could be. Uh, it, it, it sometimes is the case where somebody else is falling sure. in love with somebody else, or somebody I mean, else I mean, had made love and, and, and slipped up and say, "Man, I made a mistake," and I'm not going to ever say this. But then that mistakes eat at you. It doesn't matter if it's cheating falling in love, or doing something behind your spouse's back that you know that the person would, wouldn't necessarily agree with. But I'm just telling well, I'm, you, um, um, go ahead, I'm sorry. I said, if I'm going to cheat on you, I'm going to tell you. You see, I ain't going to play no game. Tell, 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 the the tell them the truth, Brian. You know me, Tell them the truth. You know me, Andrew. I've no way these guys heard it before a hundred times, man. Let me tell, tell, tell you. Tell them yourself the or day, me. The day, the day, the day that I wanted to step out the door to do what I was going to do, I told her, look. As I got tired of waiting, I told her, I'm going to give me some booty. I'll be back later. <laughs> Come on, man. Tell me the truth. Tell me yourself for me, man. Tell me hey, yourself for me. What's up, boy? As a matter of fact, man, as a matter of fact, man, I mean, if I was you, I mean, I know you actually was on one of the other episodes, but I was on that episode when your wife got on the phone that day, man. That blew me, man. I don't know how you handled that, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you okay. Yeah. yeah I, was on so, so. I was on it. So when she came on there, man, you was like, oh, my God. You didn't know what to say. You were speechless for a minute, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so, that, opened, so, that opened some doors, man. That opens. It that, did. That I believe conversation. it did. I know it did. Yeah. I know it did. Yeah. I heard y'all, man. It opened a lot of doors. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 Darren, I got to throw a question back at you. Yes, sir. 
question I want to throw back at you is in reference to your situation, so we know that your wife is different now because of the procedure. So that gives yes. her a reason to feel, right, my body's different. I don't feel as attractive as I did before this procedure. Legitimate reason, right? So yes. let's go into a married man's mind whose intimacy has changed drastically since he's been married. They mm-hmm. didn't have a procedure. Did not have a procedure. But all he knows is that his wife wants to make love to him less. So how does that man feel now? He didn't have a procedure. There's nothing that changed. But all he knows Tony. is that he made... Yeah, hello? Yeah, listen. It was a procedure. It just wasn't physical. So something happened in order for something to be altered. Nothing happens for no reason, okay? So don't think just because this this particular situation didn't go through a physical change of the bodies, it didn't go through a change. It, it, was a, it had to be an emotional a change. It had to be a spiritual change or a really? physical change. Or it really? has to be a change. It just People just don't wake up and say, I ain't in love with this dude no more who I'm married to. It doesn't happen no, like no. that. No, no. Well, we didn't say, we didn't say in love. Well, I didn't say that. I said okay, well, intimacy whatever. changes. Yeah, let me, let me, let me help you, Tony. Let me, what, hold, what on, Tony hold on, hold on, asking, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Cause me, go ahead. I mean, what, what, you, what you're asking, what it sounds like to me, is you're asking is like, what do you do when you're trapped in a sexless marriage? You know, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. Hey, that, that's yeah. good, too. But what I'm saying to you now, Darren, you're trying to put it on something, right? It may not have been a procedure, but it was something, right? But, why, but can we put it on the fact that certain things have happened in the beginning to achieve a certain goal, and now that the goal is achieved, now we don't have to do those things anymore? Uh, Amen. That's that? what I was about to say right there. Good one. Are, are we forgetting that fact? The only thing not, that happened is somebody was un, untrue in the beginning. I mean, you know, at one time in our relationship, man, before this, this actual physical change took place, it was some downhill moments. And it was because I wasn't, I mean, one time, I mean, I didn't know she liked this physical act of me eating out the hot box. So I, I, I didn't stop on purpose. I just did for a while. It was just gone away. And then she's like, hey, 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 you know, but it had to, one day I was like, well, why are you not um, um, warm like you usually be? You know, when I'm ready, you ain't ready, you know, da, 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 da. And she was like, uh, well, you know, I got to be honest. And you have to have a, you have to have an open dialogue of communication with your spouse. And if you close that dialogue up, then you're going to close it up to a lot of other stuff. So when we was talking about this, she said, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, but you don't, you don't, you don't go downtown no more. I mean, and I was like, oh, that was all it is? You know, so, hey, let's get at it. I'm sorry. My bad. Go take a shower real quick. But it was an open and closed discussion. And I, and I pray, and I tell my wife all the time, we have to have an open. I don't care if you tell me my breath stink that you can't touch me. You let me know so I can know, so I can change it so, it won't, so, the, so the enemy won't get in. Now, once you stop communicating, now you got to, and if you stopped communicating 10, 15 years ago, 
and now you're not you you you're more so enemies than friends in the house because you're trying to hide you're trying to hold your your cars close to your chest to let let your husband not let your wife or your husband see what you're dealing with. Now you got to go to the root of that problem and try to find out well what making what's making you hold your cars close to your chest like that? Why are you not letting me in? So you got to go. You can't deal with the leaves and the fruit. You got to deal with the with the root of the tree. And a lot of us, a lot of us don't want to get to the root of the tree. Y'all just, we just want to get to. I just want to have sex. No, no, you, you got to get to what's wrong. Well, basically, you almost dug the whole tree up. You got to. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you got to pull the whole tree up. If you if you plant if you thought you planted an apple tree and then that tree get get to get to its uh, uh, maturity and it start growing oranges. Just because you pluck the first orange and say, I'm going to pluck this orange off because it's supposed to be apples growing in this place, it ain't no apple going to grow in that spot. You got to pull up the whole tree like you just said and start all over again and plant an apple tree like you intended to in the first place. Mm. Yeah, it's understandable. It's understandable, man, but I'm going to tell you something. When they choose not to divulge any information or say anything, regardless, you know, I need. Mean, I still deal with it to this day. Matter of fact, I just told you I had a conversation with her about it the other day. And the thing about it was nothing about nobody cheating. It was none of this nonsense. I, I mean, let me tell you something. I went every avenue that you could possibly go over the years. I've gone to the point that I just stopped talking about it. You know what I mean? I think sometimes they just happy not talking about it. You know what I mean? Seriously, you know. And when they don't want to open up, they don't say anything. That's what it is, man. You know, when the last like, time you uh, like, when, when the last time you held your wife's hand when y'all was going out? Every time we go out, I hold her hand. Every time we go out, I open the door for her. Every time we go out, man, you know, I, I treat her like I treat her like she number one. I took her to dinner like two, two, two days in a row. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, that's what we enjoy doing. Then I was sitting at the dinner table the other day, and we were at um. um what was the name of the place? I don't even remember the name of the place. Man. I took it there, but I can't remember the name of it. And she pulled out these two cards, and one card said, how to date your husband, how to date your wife. She said, write down three things. I write down three things. I wrote down three things. She wrote down three things. She said, that's the start. <laughs> but you know what? I didn't laugh. I just wrote down the three things because, see, me, see, I think, I think what's wrong with me is I'm very insensitive now to a um, to a lot of things, man, to the point that when you've seen one thing change one way for a minute and be it didn't be fine, and then all of a sudden they revert back, all of a sudden, you know, you know, sometimes sometimes I don't know if you you, you don't really want to keep putting your whole heart in it because you don't want to get hurt. You see what I'm saying? And then when man, put your, moved, put your, I'm telling you, every time you put your heart in something and you got God in it with you, it's not – Falling on deaf ears, and it's not falling on uh, uh, hard ground. I mean, I, I, I strongly believe, especially the first institution that God made, He's not going to let one go too far left without finding out something. So, well, I, 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 man, Dan, that sounds all good, but I'm going to tell you what: it takes two to make it work. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Exactly. You got to put the textbook away, brother. You got to put that textbook away. You kill us. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm who didn't believe in God and had the strongest relationship that you would never believe. 
So now, don't get don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I am not saying that 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 it, a divorce is not necessary. I'm not saying that. I am saying if a man want his relationship to work, see you either in or you out, and you, you, yeah. and you can't straddle the fence. And so if you if you're stating, if any man is stating. Hey, look, man, this ain't working. I'm, I've been, in, I've been in it for five years, no sex. Ten years, no sex. Twenty years, no sex. You got to come to a point where you say, all right, this is enough. It is enough, and I'm going to leave. And I, I don't care about no money, no kids, no dog, cat, or nobody. I'm out of here. But you have to make your decision, and and it can't be based off of I'm waiting on her to make a decision, or I'm waiting on my heart to change. Or I mean, it has to be. I mean, it was tough for me to make a decision to leave my ex-wife after 10 years with two kids. It was tough, but it, I had to make a decision. Am I going to tolerate it or am I not? And it was a decision but, but, I had to live with. I understand that. But if the other person doesn't want to do her part, because I'm listening to what you're saying. You're saying the man has to do everything. I'm not responsible. There's one thing that the one married couple, and I asked them, how come they made it work for 12 years? And they basically said, they say, I'm only responsible for one thing. I'm responsible for making my other partner feel special. I'm not responsible for your happiness. Your happiness is your own responsibility. Now, if you don't have that, that's basically saying that you could be, as a man, doing everything you need to do, supporting your wife, believing in her. But if deep inside she's not happy, she has to look at herself and say, why am I not happy? That's her responsibility. The only responsibility of a husband or a man is to make her wife feel special. You can't do, you can't take the happiness of another human being. Because if you no, start no, you, thinking you, you're that, right. Yeah. That's not, well, you know what? Happy. You can do everything you want, and she may not feel special. The bottom line, it's, it takes two people to want to be married. And if the other person doesn't want to be married, I don't care how much Bible you pull out. I don't care how good to them you are. If they don't want to be married, you ain't going to convince them, and that's going to be it. That's right. 100% correct. 100% correct. And what happened if one of the two persons let themselves go, physically, emotionally, or anyways? What are you supposed to do? That's another person. I don't know. A lot of people are trapped with that. She used to do that for five years or seven years. Then eight years and year nine or ten, whoops, she stopped doing what she used to do. Or he stopped doing what he used to do. Physically, emotionally, and things like that. And I could throw yeah. another little trip. A little, I could throw another little trip, uh, trip in this thing. Okay, I'm having a conversation with y'all. You know, I just want you to know I'm, I'm a human dude, man. You know, I'm, a, I'm just you know, a, regular, a regular dude. But guess what? The same person that I've been talking to you about, both of us are minutes. Both of y'all are minutes. Yeah, that that's not surprising. That's not surprising at I'm all. I mean, know. a lot of times. Okay, well, a lot of times, like, uh, well, I've talked to a, a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers, and they've been mm-hmm. at my house for uh for four four o'clock in the morning, and we've talked mm-hmm. about it. And a lot of times, um, and, and I'm just gonna talk to you about as far as a minister from a minister standpoint, a lot of it uh, they start out by a power struggle. And then, you know, they, they, it, it starts out as a competition from my experiences with dealing with pastors and ministers, okay? Uh, and I'm not saying this is your – this is not your – I'm not saying this oh, is your oh, case. It happened, oh, it happened, it happened, it happened before. You're right. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> doing, when, I, when I'm talking to these ministers and these pastors, um, the, the end of the day, even though the wife could be right or wrong, the husband says, I'm right because 
I am the man of God, and it, and then and then she has to submit to that. She thinks she's giving up something, and then and then he begins to talk to her instead of talking to her like a husband. Um, he begins to talk to her like a congregation, or he begins to treat her like a, 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 a so or one of the sheep in the flock. And then she comes back and say, when she's open and honest, she comes back and say, "I am not the church. Don't preach at me because I'm not your church." And don't talk to me like I'm one of your children. Talk to me like I'm your wife. And then, and then so we now, the pastor has to get uh, biblical evidence that that exists in the Bible. So it's now my job to show them where, how Jesus had three hats, and he had to, if he didn't perform where he was supposed to perform as the Christ, then it was perverted and it wouldn't work. If he would have went to perform as a builder and he had his, his, his son of God hat on, it wouldn't have worked. If he went to go pull out demons and he had the Christ hat on, it would do demons when it came out. So as a pastor, as a minister with all these different responsibilities, you have to – you could be a great father and a great husband and a great employee, but if you, have your employ, if you have your husband hat on when you're talking to your daughter and you kiss your daughter like you kiss your wife, it's perverted. So it, you, a lot of times you have to figure out, I'm talking to my wife, I'm not talking to the church. I'm not going to talk down to her. I'm going to talk to her as if she's my life partner. And, and a lot of that communication gets lost in the very beginning between two competitors. Well, that's, well, she explained that. well, she explained that to me uh, a while back, a long time ago. Now, what she explained was is that um, what happened with me was is that I actually, I actually got saved later, later on in life. When I was dating her, I wasn't saved. And, and she was in the church and everything. And what happened was that she sh- she saw how fast God elevated me as a man. But, you know, I mean, I knew the answer to that because, you know, God has an order. He's a God of order, you know. And, and, and then she felt like, you know, all the praise and all of the, the worship and all the all that she's put into all this time. And she felt like she felt like she, you know, she was just bleeped over, you know what I mean? I'm just being honest with you. I mean, and that's what happened. That, but that was my call, though. You see what I'm saying? I got called to that. And 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 all I know was, you know, one minute I didn't believe in God. Next thing you know, it, man, I was saved. God changed okay, my life. Okay, now listen. Now listen to what you just said. You just yeah. explained the root of you guys' problem. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I knew that was part of it. You know what I mean? But that 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 all it all went away over a period of time. Man. So so so, and I'm glad you said that because that that brings something to light. Mm -hmm. So when you got with her, you was a bad boy. Yeah. It is what it is. Bad boy going good. She was attracted to the bad boy. (laughs) She was a good girl attracted to the bad boy, which is not uncommon. And then you know what she was attracted to, Tony? You know what she was attracted to, Tony? She she was attracted to the change that she can possibly make in this person. A lot of women, they get with men and they say, I can change him. And yeah, a lot of but times, he changed. He but he changed. So that came to light. He changed, though. So that's, but, but, but that wasn't expected. You got to understand, that wasn't expected him to change and pass me? Oh, we got a problem here, Houston. So that's what she's nah, thinking. Nah. I, yeah, I'm telling that's you. What it was. That's what it was. I'm telling you, for sure. That's what it was. Because, you know, when, when, I, go into, when I go into something, I go into a whole heart of it. You know, I mean, the guy that's giving me the ability of his discernment and the ability to, 
you know, and teach and understand and, and relate his word to people unlike any other. I'm going to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, but like I said, that's why I said spirituality sometimes plays a part. But see, if I if I was if I was the dude that I used to be, I'd be like 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 trucking. I'd have been gone. You know what I'm saying? I'd be hitting everything moving. But see, that's not who I am no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 But that's a, that's the source of your problem, I believe, um, and that's the root of it. And I believe that you need to start from there when you talk to your wife. That's oh, that's yeah. just that's just my opinion. And I went, to, I went I went on a retreat with her for one time, and she asked me to go, and I went to this retreat, and, you know, we got back, you know, I guess having a good time with God and all that. Got back to the room, and I tried to get some boots, get up my wing, come down here for that. You would get out about the head face. <laughs> what? Still <laughs> all with me, big boy. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Well, how, you many, know, how many people do y'all think in the United States are in unhappy relationships today? All of six. them. Six? <laughs> you said six? <laughs> six what, million? <laughs> oh, just A lot six. Of <laughs> mm. <laughs> I would say... Hey, I don't think my, I... My, my job calling me. I'm gonna call right back in in a minute. All right. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Stan. Uh, I think 25 to 30 percent, not more. 50 percent of yes. people are divorced. Number one. Second of all, I know many. The other 50, many of them are staying because of the kids, the family, the money, any reason. They're not even staying for the right reason. Um, to meet somebody that's truly happy, 12, 10, or whatever year, it's very rare. I, I would say 25, 30%. I don't see much more. So, yeah. Rodney, what you're saying is more than six? It's more than six. It's more than six. More than yeah. six. But, I mean, it, 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 it's right. Uh, Stan is right. Um, and essentially it's millions of people tonight are in unhappy relationships. But, you know, Stan, you said kids. Somebody else said kids earlier. Um why why would somebody stay in a relationship because of kids? Because a lot of fathers are scared that if they don't do that they won't have the parental right to see their kids. But they won't have they will have basically all the child support and all that. And some some people believe that I don't want to affect my kids, even though it's not working, I'm still gonna show them that we're together and everything. Mm. Uh, you know. That makes sense. I say kids because... I tell you, it, go ahead. Well, I mean, it's funny that you say that because when I was um, with my first wife having problems and we had young children, my mother would tell me, you know, you need to stay with her because, you know, somebody else is going to be raising your kids. And I mm. kind of resent her for saying that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, even though that may be true, I didn't need to know that. Because it made me stay longer than I did, you know, because I, I actually believed it. And I was like, okay, you know, let me just hang in there. Even though I'm unhappy, but I'm going to hang in there. Even though, you just gave me more motivation to stay. You know, I just think that was some un, unfair trickery. You know, I mean, if you're unhappy and there's nothing that you can do, I understand, you know, as your mother, she would want you to stay there. But to say that, you know, so it's kind of unfair. Can I ask you, let me... Let, let me, I, just, I gotta ask a monkey wrench, then I'll let you get to it, uh, Classy. Um, 
I, I just got to ask the question. And that was your mom that said that? Yep. Yep. Now, going back to your old days, you know, your, your you know, the, the old Tony, um, do you think that another man could have raised your kids better than the old Tony? Based on what your mom was saying, you know, they're young, and, you know, do you think that was possible that someone else, let's say a quote-unquote head of household, you know, swooped in and and, and, and took your ex-wife off your hands, and do you think that was possible that I would do you? No? I mean, somebody like Rodney. (laughs) No, someone like Andrew. (laughs) No. So, no? Okay. All right, that's fine. Mm -mm. I mean, I mean, I wasn't the best husband. I, I'll say that, but as far as for a father, I was on top of my game. I mean, you know, I, I was. I, I will say I was present. Gotcha. We all, I, sometimes we think we're on top of our game, and sometimes we really ain't. But I was present. You know. No doubt. So, mm-hmm. No doubt. You know, um, go ahead, class. You got a question? Go ahead. Yeah. Here's here's my question. I, I mean, this is my philosophy. So tell me. I'm just curious if anybody thinks that this is not true. Uh, I have found that living overseas, those people who got married after they were 35 usually lasted longer. And those people who got married before 35 usually separated or felt like they were missing something. Um, And then when I got to America, that whole thing quadrupled. So it's like those people who got married after 35, whether it be their second marriage or not, the, the age range was they've lived their life. They've sold their their their, their oats. Does anybody not believe that? Does anybody think that it, it's, it's not true that you'll last longer if you wait till you're 35 or get married after? I think um, definitely that you've got to mature, especially men. You know, you got to mature because when you're when you're in your 20s, um, generally you don't even know what you want out of you. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate that. I told my wife um, last night. I said, you know, if 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 we had gotten if we had met and got married when I was twenty in my twenties, we wouldn't be together now. Because I was a poor, defunct idiot. Why would you tell your wife that? What would, I mean? Because that would seem like it would make her mad. Well, the context was we were counseling a couple, and you know they were going through some different things, and and I said, you know. I'm a different person today. You know, who you see today at 52 is not the same guy that at 26. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this woman had married a guy. She was 35 and he was 25. And I was trying to explain to her that she married a child. Ooh, and that goes with the territory. First of all, a woman matures sooner than a guy. So he's probably mentally about, as, as a woman, would be about 21, 22, and she's 35. And she's wondering why he's acting like that. You know, so and, a, and, a, and a man at 21, 22, 
is generally a kid. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Truth, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I know you don't believe that answer. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Are you telling me? Wait, 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 wait. Let's repeat this. Are you telling me that women are more mature than men? I- I'm sick and tired of hearing that. Oh man, <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> won't be as mature as a woman. I'm sorry. I've met women at 35 who are not mature. 25-year-old man, you married a kid. Uh, uh, and no, you could have no. a 25-year-old woman that could say you married a girl. You didn't even marry here's a woman. Here's what they mean. How, 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 how old, old are you? How old are you? 38. Okay. So you're going to tell me that when you were, when, when you were in your 20s, you were, you were mature. No, I'm not saying I wasn't mature, but I'm going to, I'm not going to accept, but I know I wasn't mature, but I'm not going to, but I'm not going to accept when you're telling me that if you take a 20 year old girl, is she mature? Because she's not. No, not if you're 35. You married a 20, 20 year old girl if you're 35 because you want to control her. Here's the thing, Andrew, Andrew, let me ask you a question. Have you ever met a 35 year old man that was immature? Sure have. I'm talking generalities. Yeah, I've met this. It's always the exception, but generally uh, uh, a man in his early 20s is not mature. But what are you talking about maturity? What is maturity? in his early 20s. All of us can't talk. Let me define mature. What they meant by that is that females think family and ultimate conclusions more so than males. That's what they mean by maturity. It has nothing to do necessarily with whether you as an individual have reached a, a, a adult's wisdom. It has to do with ladies are constantly bred to think family, family, family. So they reach that plateau quicker in thought, not necessarily action. And this is Andrew Stanton. They 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 use that in thought quicker. It, it doesn't agree with you 100%. But wait 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 because men are the one who always approach women and men are always the one basically doing the secret. Family. If women were doing the same thing as men, we wouldn't be talking about that because women sometimes come with that maturity saying, you know what, I'm sick of tired of of a man approaching me and not even getting one. I'm gonna get the first one that seems decent and keep it. A man is different. A man is going to find and try to discover who he is and go through a lot of women or through a lot of people until he finds the one that he truly wants. Those are different right. things. Women are basically passive. Men are action people. But in the, so you can't but put maturity term, on both people. But, but as far as the term is concerned, what you just described, go through a couple of women until he finds the right one, the way the term was phrased, has to that that would not be considered mature. I'm not saying that you're not right. I'm saying that the way they phrase mature is for the people who come with a family thought process quicker, so they change their life and they do things in effort to be married and to get. That's what they mean by mature. But I don't call that mature because if a man goes to the first woman he sees, which a lot of guys do, and then realize that. I'm going to stay with one woman because I truly believe I can't find something better than her, which a lot of guys, some guys do. Trust me not, that guy didn't mature. That guy basically settled with that woman because in his mind yeah. he truly believes that he stays with this girl because in his mind he says, look, I can't get any girl. Let me stay with her because she's good enough. 
And if a man doesn't experience the, the experience of knowing that he could get a lot of girls, he will settle with somebody, and there you have a lot of problem with the marriage. He'll be the one who is saying at 40 years old or 45, how come I, I need to basically get out of this? Because he never learned that lesson. Every man needs to learn that lesson. I'm finding out if you choose, you could have somebody in it, but choose to stay with that person, knowing that you can. That's the difference well, I'm between tell you choosing. What. At, at, at 22, 23, you don't realize that pussy is pussy. <laughs> Watch your mouth, Andrew. Watch your mouth, Andrew. Come on, man. No, but I'm just telling you the truth, okay? Yeah. When you get to be older, you realize, hey, turn out the lights, it's the same. See, but yeah, at 22, you think, you think you're think you going to find that stuff that's lined with gold. Yeah. Mm. All right? Uh, and that's the fact. <laughs> now, I'm talking as a 52-year-old man, you turn out the lights, and it's the same. Yeah. Okay. But right. you see, at 22, you think, you know what? The problem is I need a better one. The, the yeah. real issue is you need to, to, to figure out what relationship's about. And it ain't about that nonsense that you think it is at 22. And if a woman of 22-year-old, she has bought a world of hurt. There are 22-year-olds that have actually pulled it off. There are 22-year-olds yeah, that have married I'm the first, that every the first girlfriend. I'm talking about, I'm talking about if, you, if you look at, at men as in general at that age, they're not ready to be a committed husband. There are a few, but most of them aren't. And, and I would say a lot of women who are 22 are not mature enough to be a wife also. There are a few. But not you must not be married, bro. I agree with them though. Are you married? I'm married. I agree with You're them. Married? I'm married. Are you, are you married? It doesn't Which matter whether you're married or not. I agree with him, and I'm married. And I also think Andrew, when we talk about not being mature enough, that 22 year old guy had enough game to get married to that woman. So evidently, he did something right, because now the marriage just has issues. You just can't go back and say, "Well, he's immature." He wasn't immature when he got her to say, "I do." This guy is crazy. I, I think I think most dudes aren't mature enough at 22 to be married. Hey, I, can I throw this ain't a monkey wrench, but I, my mind keeps going back and forth when I hear this word mature. When you exactly. say mature, do you mean mature enough to say yes to marriage, or you mean mature enough to get along and not fight in marriage? Because everybody on here is seems of of an age range, and we all have problems with our spouses, 22, 32, 42. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 52, exactly. 62, 18. Yeah, so what does, what does mature mean, that you can get along in a marriage or you can just get in marriage and not cheat or say yes? What, what, does, what does mature mean? What, what are we talking about when we say mature? Well, first of all, I'm 52, and I don't have problems with my spouse, so I don't know about the rest of y'all. But um, mature to me means understanding the responsibility and understanding what marriage is all about. And, and wait, wait, are you, if we were going to your definition, you think all 22 women understand that responsibility, what they have to do to be a great wife to their husband? When, when, you, when you say the word all, anything you say out of your mouth. No, 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 a lot of women, sorry, not all. Do you think that a lot uh, of women do believe that? More women younger are more mature than men are, and that's, that's just, you know, that's just what I've seen yeah. in my years, okay? I, I women would, generally just... mature younger than men do. No, I would say, Andrew, because Andrew, I've, Andrew, I've, Andrew, I've, Andrew, a woman, 
Andrew, that you, hey, so if question. you're five and six years old, at five and six years old, four years old, that theory may be true. Maybe okay. in the really well, we small adolescence. Gotcha. But what I'm saying with 16, 17, 18, 22, 23, the men are the ones that are running game. We have to pick. You know, we can run through 10 or, two, 10 or 12 or 15 women, right? How many women have you met at that age that had game versus the ones that did? Six. Yeah. How many women did you met that didn't have the experience of basically saying they're passive and basically saying, I don't need to do much. I just need to go to a date, look good, and just smile and happy. That's right. Where is where, where right. the maturity on that? We men have to basically do the date, find out what it is, do the pickup, do this, do that. Where's the maturity in that? There's no maturity on that. We just, we just, we just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> let me drop, let me, let me drop a monkey wrench. Let me drop a monkey wrench if I might. Um, who do y'all think feels more trapped in their relationship these days, men or women? Men. It depends. It depends. <laughs> depends on what? It depends on if the, the man is spiritual or not. I, I, I'm I'm going to go with it depends on if the man has morals and if he's spiritual or not. If he's if he doesn't care, then you know he don't feel trapped and he can he he can have his cake and eat too. So as long as his wife don't find out about anything, then you know he can stay at home and do his thing. But if he has morals and values and, and he's spiritual. Then nine times out of ten, he, he's going to feel more trapped in a, in a relationship that you know, based off of what we talked about earlier, you know, religious views and and how everybody's going to look at him if he leaves his his relationship because of his stature in the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I would totally disagree. I, I actually think women generally will feel trapped because they got kids, they got this, they got that. And generally, generally, they don't have the, the earning potential of mo- most men. And they feel like I'm stuck in this situation. I got these kids to raise, and, you know, and they don't have the financial wherewithal to walk out. Because if the guy walks out, chances are he's walking out without the children. Well, the reason why I said what I said, because um, just last week uh, it was recorded the most expensive divorce ever took place. Uh, against this um, this um, this Russian guy, he he's really an uh, an oligarch, which is uh, the people who who they're in order, and they, it, it's a small amount of people that's in order, but they're the richest people. And his name was uh, Dmitry Rabolovich or something like that. And he had to give his wife after he divorced her because he didn't want to be trapped in the relationship. He had to give her 4.5 billion dollars plus. Their home estate, which is worth 130 million, so you know who's trapped. Uh, I would think to do because he got so much to lose if he's on top. His child support was 150,000 a month. Yeah, plus 4.5 billion. So uh, it was it would be cheaper to keep her in that in that case. But what about what about the opposite scenario? Um, when it's the woman that's the primary breadwinner, do, do y'all think that she fear paying palimony to her ex-husband and having to divide their assets, or do only us men fear having to pay up? They are gonna they gonna wait for you to mess up before they do anything. So they ain't gonna give you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no one I think that right now. 
I think a, a woman can ride out longer than a man. I, I really believe that. They can hold out longer Absolutely. than a man, and they they will stay in that relationship until yeah. he die first. Women, yeah. women. I, I've met women right now. I know women right now that won't get uh, uh, married again because of their previous divorce because they're hitting them over the head with so much money. And if they get married, then they will they'll stop getting that social security or they'll stop getting that palimony or they'll stop getting that uh, that whatever extra money that they get uh, um, from a from a husband being you know uh, from an ex husband. So they won't even get married. They'll just have a boyfriend for the rest of their life. They can hold out. Especially military wise. Oh, most yeah, but no doubt. What about what about when a marriage dissolves into nothing more than a business arrangement? Have y'all ever heard of that? You know, where it just looks good for them, you know, to be married, a married couple, you know, versus divorcees. You know, the marriage is nothing but a sham, you know, at this point. You know, they just they just go to events together and take pictures. You know, you know anybody ever heard of that? When the, the marriage is nothing more than a business arrangement. Mm-hmm. Six times. Hmm. Six times. Who's been married six times, Andrew? You? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with Rodney. Oh, okay. <laughs> you said how many yeah, times you heard Rodney? Six times. Oh. <laughs> But do y'all think there's is there a difference between feeling trapped in a relationship versus feeling trapped in a marriage? I don't think relationship, relationship you can walk away. You got that right. Not really. It, it depends on the, how. It depends on the fear. Uh, it depends on the. Um, I mean, like let's look at Gabrielle Union. She's not going to leave Dwayne Wade, even though they had a he had a baby outside of there. Engaged relationship, <laughs> she ain't going nowhere. You know, yeah, uh, but if, if, if you were with somebody and you don't, you're not married and you don't share kids. I mean, it's just see you later. It depends on I mean, what. It's that a different got. ball game. You get married and, and it's like half. I don't think Gabrielle would have a problem either. <laughs> Communal property law. <laughs> I don't think Are you talking about cohabitating with somebody or just a girlfriend? Both. I think if you just got a girlfriend, I don't care how long you had her, y'all don't share kids, you know, it, it's not, it's a different ballgame than being married. Now, if y'all True. have been shacking up for 10, 12 years, you know, that's a different ballgame. But if you just got a girlfriend and, 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 and you decide that's it, that's it. Oh. You know, unless y'all share kids or cohabitating and playing married. I know it wouldn't bother me, you know. I mean, I, that's the way I look at it. But do some people just think that the grass isn't any greener? That's why they stay? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Um I was talking to my my daughter and 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 she was she was talking about her her biological dad and and that's the situation he's in. Been been living with the girl for eight years and can't imagine marrying her, but you know just staying because he's just there. Well, speaking of that, do you guys think that the phrase "cheaper to keeper" 
is is that um is that a trap way of thinking? That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, ask Tiger. Look at these nah, basketball, I, I, basketball wives on TV show. How much these brothers still paying? Mm-hmm. You know. You know, I'm, I was. And I they realized, you know what? At the end of the day, one's just like the next. Yeah. You think it's all that, you know, and and you get out there and you turn out the lights. It's the same deal. You know, she played that game to get you, and you realize after six months and the representative has left, you got the same deal. Hmm. Preach, brother. I was looking I was looking at some of the, the most expensive divorces uh, the other day. Um, Neil Diamond, he paid about $150 million in 1994. And um, uh, the, the guys, uh, Michael Jordan, he paid $168 million. Um, Paul what, McCartney. What's his name? Paul McCartney. Arnold Schwarzenegger, two hundred fifty million to three hundred seventy-five million. Uh, uh, Robert Johnson, you know the owners of BET. Him and his wife, they established BET together for four hundred million dollars. I mean, these people are, you know, Mel Gibson. And the list just goes on and on. And every single time, it doesn't matter if the woman was heading the 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 the, the, uh, the family business or not. Uh, she ends she ended up with most of all the money. This guy named. Uh, Robert Maddow, uh, Robert Murdoch, I meant to say, Rupert Murdoch. I'm sorry, Rupert. he did it twice. Rupert. He got the first time in 1998, his first wife, she w- walked away with $1.7 billion, and his second wife walked walked away with uh, $1.8 billion. You know, so he, he, he never, he never he, learned the word prenup, huh? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's loopholes in the prenup, to tell you the truth, but. You know, it's ways around that. Hey, well, did you, you see? know, but you don't have a prenup, and you get married in a in a state with community property. It's half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, I don't care that the tiger's wife didn't hit those putts. If you get married and you don't have a prenup, it's half. Mm-hmm. Actually, it look don't at that. She but... never showed up at the business. It don't matter nothing. It's half. And those brothers that get married that have that kind of, you know, earning potential, that kind of money, have got to be out of their mind without having a prenup. True. Oh. Can I jump in here for a minute, fellas? Go ahead, bro. Yeah, go ahead, bro. All right, this is Jerome from Carolina. From y'all. But the um, even right now, the L.A. Clippers, you see with the wife, she did a Don King negotiation style, got that $2 billion. She was looking out for a billion for herself. When you mentioned Bob Johnson, the gangster, most gangster thing about when they divvied up everything is, do you know who Bob Johnson's ex-wife married? The judge who presided over the divorce decree. <laughs> Get out of town. <laughs> what? That's right there in the that's right there in the DMV. In the DMV, see, he he he's not even worried about retirement now. Then another from outside, you know, he crossed over, but still, you notice you don't see Ahmad Rashad doing interviews. No. Uh-huh. Being well, yeah. the that he married, he ain't wanting for nothing. And what's the brother that's dating now, uh, Stephen Jobs' widow? Oh, um, I can't. The name escapes me. But I, yeah. 
I think Dr. Dre, I'm not sure if it was um, gospel or what, but his wife, his wife's a lawyer. Remember, she used to marry. She was married to the former basketball player. But when this beach uh, deal just kicked, I know she's out there preparing the papers with all her law school classmates. That's a joint project mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So, I bet. I'm, I'm saying all that to reinforce the central thing that you gave. Is it cheaper to keep her? Uh, economically, yes. Emotionally, which it turns into physically and all the other type stuff and peace of mind. I've got a boy, he, um, his first one, he's on his second marriage, <clears throat> but he left everything, and then he told me about a few months ago that within five years, now he's back with double the net worth, and uh, even though it was cumbersome and painstaking, now he's happy that he did it. And hmm. Second, if I wanted to push, I know you're the research man, I, my personal research is black economics, but... I've been focusing on, I thought it was a typo. I was reading the publisher's page in Black Enterprise, and that's my favorite magazine, and Earl Gray still does some commentary in there. Do you guess what the median net worth for African-American women is in America? What's that? Putting it in context. Well, excuse me, I meant to say single African-American women. Putting it in context, single white females, 42,000. Single Hispanic females, 11,000. Brace yourselves, gentlemen. You ready? Mm-hmm. Sing, single black females, five dollars. You can Google it. Though. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead and Google it if y'all got a. I'm, I'm mobile right now, but if y'all got a computer in front of you, it's uh, with the Pittsburgh Gazette, and then they're also gonna reference the economic and community development group that did the surveys based out on 2010. But now, now listen to that language: median net worth. So when you look at it. Because at first I thought it was a typo. Then when I Googled it, it was, it, it was so many articles on it, I was like, whoa, we've been missing out. So I tell them now, I watch everything that the opportunities buy, especially in, you know, I still call it D.C., L.A., New York, the material capitals of the world. And all these Michael Kors bags, y'all hear about Michael Kors stock outperforming guesstimates? So I tell them now, best thing we can do is buy stock and let them keep buying it. So so if, if you're – your statement was to be relevant to this conversation. It seems like men should watch out more for the poorest women because they come in after your purse. And I don't know. It sounds like they should marry some single white women. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this study finds median wealth for single black women at $5. There we go. Headline, right? There it is. Headline. I didn't see eight. I didn't see Asian women in there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's Pittsburgh Post Gazette. There it is. And now this was four now, years ago, so it might be up to six dollars by now. Now remember, now that that was that was during the uh, recession too. Mm, mm-mm. Listen, what what I was, like, kind of with the, the statement you just said, as far as tying it together, I'll go as I'll expand that a little bit and also say. What is their incentive to be married? That article, when you read further, is going to talk about how their net worth increases once they become married. So, gentlemen, oh. I'm, I'm single here, but uh, you all are contributing to their, their net worth. And now when you put it in context, yes, there's a lot of sisters that bought homes. George, even though we talk junk about it, more people bought houses than the George Bush, even though they also had more foreclosures. You all know a lot of folk, a lot of houses are underwater in the DMV market right now. Yes, the, sir. 
their sisters now they have more college degrees. They have uh, their income has increased by percentage, and even entrepreneurship since 1990, the fastest growing demographic in entrepreneurship in America is sisters. There's been a 2,000 percent increase since 1990. But the challenge is at the end of the day, those college loans that pay for those fancy degrees, the mortgages when even though you have a mortgage, does that mean you own a house? The bank owns that house, right? So right. when you get down when you get down to net worth, it gets rid of all the minutia. I, I so call them summer houses. There it is. I call them summer houses. Some of yours and some of the banks. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and and peep, and peep this: the house, the houses that those girls, that those sisters worship in. And I'm not taking away. Uh, a lot of you gentlemen uh, uh, deal with the faith community. Who owns most of these churches are owned by white banks. So the house of the Lord is just like back in slavery, the house of the British Lord, the banker. Mm. But I, think got wow. I think this gentleman got on the phone a long time ago and he talked about the black caucus and stuff. And he was involved yeah. with it. That was you, right? Yeah. That was me, right? And I, I, just, uh, I sent a text the other day. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Does our society, does our society, fellas, still stigmatize divorce or no? I'll repeat that question. There's some shuffling going on. Yeah, does our society still stigmatize divorce or no? I say no. Remember, ours has a 62 percent divorce rate. America as a whole has has a 51 percent divorce rate. And when we go to census.gov and look at a lot of these numbers in here, I don't, I don't think so. You got the more faith communities, you got a little more of that going on. It's to be expected, but as a whole, I can't say that. Come on, well, this, this is the same society that's increased the uh, the welcoming of gay marriages. So that answers that, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> Well, let me ask you a question. I got a question. Do you think a person could be trapped due to their traditional obligations, like their, their parents? I was just looking at, uh, you know, I like looking at my old movies sometimes. I was looking at Tina Turner the other day, and it was a part in there when she ran home to her mom and, and, and for a safe haven uh, from Ike, you know, and then, and then the mom, when she got there, the mom called Ike and told her Ike to come get her, and she told Tina, you know, you better go ahead and be a woman. That man taking care of you, even though he's your your behind. He taking care of you. <laughs> and actually, go ahead. Well, coincidentally, I wait for you all of you, but uh, I'm just coincidentally. I'm go ahead and wait. Go ahead. Now go ahead, bro. Uh, coincidentally, we've been we were talking about this and actually talk about anime, you know, before the team and. That tradition, you, you I think you answered your own question in there when you said the parents. Remember, we come from the same households where we love our elders, but how many of our elders and matriarchs and patriarchs at the family reunion still have these secrets that they're hiding? But we still go around, I call them uncle daddies, as you heard me say. You look like your uncle because when your daddy was in Vietnam, your uncle went to comfort your, his sister-in-law, which he should have, but she needed more comfort than what he bargained for. So that's why that uncle gives you a little money on the side. So that that show and that imagery, and my dad has this saying, he's saying, even with business, he said, black folks go into business to be the boss. 
other folks go into business to make a profit. We are so caught up on that show. Mm. And with that imagery, and then, you know, it gets sociological, too. When you come from a folk that have been receiving the short end of the stick and they've got inferiority complexes, remember, you got that peacock theory. That's why we don't wear those big hats to church. And we can make mm. up for being... When we look at Harlem Knights and see how the brother stepped out, and when we hit the town, can't nobody outdo it. Mm. <laughs> so that, that wow. tradition and the, and the verb, if you take tradition and break it down into the verb, the first letter is a trade. So just like all our holidays and be a pagan or whatever, they still break down. They all affect the industry economically. Wow. Mm. I'm going to drop another monkey wrench, if I might. Um Simple question, I guess. Not so simple question. Are you independent? Yes or no? And what I mean by that, fellas, is that would you be an emotionally secure, independent person without being married to your wife? I think we're interdependent. Yeah. Yes, man, brother. They coexist. Say again. Go ahead, explain. Explain it, folks. Just like uh, this, I'll, I'll give credit to uh, I think I got his name. The good brother that wrote uh, a white cat that wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey, that died a couple of years ago. But that interdependent, because after we just like with Maslow's theory, we get to that self-actualization. Once uh, you know that's also the highest echelon to get to. But when it comes to the independence, nobody can co. Nobody can just exist, exist by themselves until in an island. We know that cliche already, but that interdependence, I mean, that's why it comes out with, you know, that I heard y'all mention hormonal, hormones when I first got out of class. But, you know, those happy hormones, a lot of times that's outside stimulation. And that's why when it's not being handled internally, we go to drugs, we go to permit, prom, uh, promiscuity, we go to, you know, other type things, food, obesity, shopping, but that external stimulation. So, yeah, uh, it's when you got, I think you do have to have that eclectic of both, and we become interdependent. I got to say, I got to say something different than that, um, even though that was a great comment. Um, I've seen in a lot of relationships, even in my own upbringing, uh, where the appearance uh, is interdependent, but the actions are independent. Uh, I, my mom had her own separate bank account that my dad didn't know about, and my dad has his bank had his bank account that she didn't know about. And I often, when I ask couples now, do you have um, separate bank accounts? I mean, money is the the, the next thing that uh, if you can trust somebody with your money then you really got something going on. You really got a, a tight relationship, I believe. But a lot of marriages, they don't tie their monies together. They do not have joint accounts, or they do have a joint account, but they have another account outside the joint account. So so in a, in a lot of cases, when you look at it, when I ask a lot of people, well, why do you have a, a joint account, uh, and then you have another account? And then the, 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 the excuses vary. But um, they, none of them make sense, you know. And then I asked them, well, do, your, do, your, do your wife know about this account? And then they would say, well, 
uh, yeah, she know about it, and then she'll agree, yeah, I know about it, and then but what she don't often know is how much is in there. Now, why are you keeping that a secret? So you're operating in, in ind- independence when you're supposed to trust the one you're with. And a lot of times it's not um, – it, it's all information is not divulged, and I don't agree with that. How come? How come I don't agree with mm-hmm. the wife not knowing how much the husband got on the side? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, because so, the, if the answer right. is I'm saving up for a rainy day, well, what what kind of rainy day are you saving up with <laughs> that your husband don't need to know about, you know? If it's going to rain, it's supposed to rain on the both of y'all. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if it rain, don't it rain on both of you? If we together, don't it rain, ain't, ain't the rain going to get on both of us? So let's say you have one person that is a shopaholic and one person that's really smart with money, right? And the person that's a shopaholic is always looking to see how much money they can spend, whether it be he or she. And the one person is like, "Mm, all right, no problem. Yeah, I'm going to show you what you think we have, but we really got to stash. I got to hide money from you because you're really bad with it. I mean, is is that acceptable or no? No, it's not. Is that looking up for the best interest of the marriage? No, it's it's a, it's a compromise that needs to be met. But I don't think any it, it doesn't need to be any secrets about it. I believe that okay, look, you spend too much money. Um, you're not careful with it, and 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 I'm going to take care of the bills since you got a spending problem. And I'm going to give you we're going to agree to give you an allowance, and I'm going to take the same thing. And we're going to keep this as separate, and I'm going to have the cards for this account. I'll let you know how much is in there, but this is to keep it from raining on both of us, and it's to protect the house. Since I am the, 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 the head of the house, or I'm the one that's more responsible if it's a woman, then, and the man acknowledges that, yeah, I got, a, I got a spending problem, then, you know, it shouldn't be hidden from him or her, you know. I mean, you're still protecting the house. You're just compromising and just saying, you know, I'm going to let you know how much is in there. Uh, but you're not going to get to it to be able to spend it until, you're, until you become wiser in, in your habits. Yeah, but hold on a second. Hold on a second. For you to say that is kind of dictating what it should be. But if that works in a household, then why can't it be? If that's the way that they stay afloat, the person goes to play bingo or the person goes to, like I know a couple where the husband goes to play bingo and he's addicted to bingo. Never heard anything like this before in my life at this one time. You know what I'm saying? And the bingo mm-hmm. is 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 the problem why the refrigerator isn't stacked up. The bingo is the problem why the bills are paid late. The bingo is the problem why the kids don't have the proper clothes and stuff that they need. You see what I'm saying? So at some point somebody has to say, okay, well, if you're not going to admit that you have an issue, right, if you're not going to admit that you have a problem because you're the man of the house, you know, the me as the woman in the house, I still got to take care of these kids, so I got to find an alternate route, you know, to make now, sure you, you, that we're talk- still protected. Well, you're talking about a crackhead syndrome. You, you're talking about somebody who's, uh, <laughs> whose, whose addiction is, is way past what it's supposed to be. Uh, I mean, you know, you talk about an addict, and, and yeah, in that case, yeah, you know, hide the crack or hide the bingo cards or, or, or just giving them allowance. It should be suffice, but at, before you get married to somebody, that's the first thing you need to find out. And let me see how responsible this person is. And, and if they're not responsible and if they can agree to the compromise of, you know, look, I'm going to be in charge of all the money, you know, or, you know, when your check comes, 
you know, bring me majority, bring me three fourths of it, and you keep the one fourth, and I'm gonna put it in our joint account that you you'll be able to see, and I need to trust you not to spend it because you now right. if you're not working. With you, I'm gonna put it. Is your wife gonna tell you that? Is, you, is your wife gonna have that conversation with you ever, even if you got a problem? Yes or no? I would I would believe she should. I mean, if we if we're supposed to be communicating and we support, we we have a house that we got to maintain. I, I, I hope that and pray that she would uh, be open and honest with me and tell me that if we had. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And what you if gonna I'm tell the one that got no, I got habit, it. I got it. What you gonna be a nah? If I got the, I'm good. If I got the habit. If I'm the one with the habit, then I'm I'm going to have to agree with it, or or, or you know, um, it's it's not going to be a good marriage because if I'm not working with her, then I'm working against her. It's either one way or the other. I'm not on, I'm not straddling no fence. You know, I got to understand. Look, if I got a bingo habit, all right, baby. I tell you what, you know, we got five kids, you know, um, and I got a bingo habit. And this thing is is too heavy for me. Let let me compromise and play instead of b- playing bingo seven days a week. Let me go play twenty dollars a week, and that's that equal that equates to five. And then if I get my winnings, then I go from there. But it needs to be a compromise somewhere down the line, but not nothing needs to be hidden from your mate. I believe should it be hidden from your mate, especially money. Okay, I mean, but it happens. Yeah, but it the, happens. The, the question saying, was, you know. The, yeah, but the question was, are we inter- are we independent or dependent on another? And I believe we're, in most households, like you said, it happens. And it's in more households that it happens than not, that the mates are keeping secrets from, uh, financial secrets uh, from one another, I believe. Sure, sure. Anybody yeah. else on that thinking that, thinking that you have to disclose all the figures all the time? Well... Can I can I chime in here, guys? Please, yeah, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Chad out of New York. Hey, Chad. Go ahead, bro. What's going on, man? Um, well, it, now going back to that question, though, as far as should we be dependent or independent from our, our spouse? Do you, are you talking specifically about finances, or are you talking about just in general? In general. In general. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I look at I, I personally look at marriage through uh, uh, the eyes of, of God, you know, through the scriptures, you know, and I would say that marriage is, I don't know if you could define it as dependent or independent on one another. I think it's spirit. It's a spiritual responsibility for a man to be honest with his wife to lead her, and um, she's not going to be able to trust you if you're not disclosing everything. I think that keeping things away from your wife is not a good idea, uh, whether you have a problem or not. Um, and, you know, that's, that's an opinion that most men kind of face. Like, should I say this? And that's on my mind. And look, I found it always helpful to just be honest with my wife, and it's of a sinful thought. You know, I may not disclose every little detail in my head, but I might tell her, hey, I got these sin- I got the sinful problem to help me out with this or pray for me, um, and, and and most most certainly depend on God to make my marriage work. Uh, but keeping things from your wife, you know, I know and a gentleman there was just telling a story about how he knows a couple that 
uh, where they have two separate bank accounts. Um, you know, that, that's certainly an option. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, if, but if in the heart if there's, there could be trust issues, I'm not saying with that particular relationship, but I'm saying people in general. Um, what, I, what I found in relationships, especially when I'm counseling people, I'm finding that some, some people are very, have very secluded lives. They don't, they don't even want their spouse being involved in X, Y, Z, and that ends up turning into a lot of fights. That ends up turning into abuse. Uh, a lot of times that ends up taking away trust out of a relationship. I say it's always better to be unified in one flesh. That means you're everything, your mind, body, and soul together and walk together. Well, and that depends if you're a Christian or not, but walking together is the most important thing. In fact, I'll, I'll give you this last little verse. I think it's uh, Amos 4, 4, 3, 3 or something like that says, how can two walk together lest they be in agreement? And especially with your spouse. If you're not walking together in agreement, or you're keeping things from your spouse, I think that makes a bad chemical for maybe some falling away. And you don't want that in a marriage. Good words, man. Good words. But a lot of people but a lot of people don't 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 live that way. A lot of people don't believe in that. Uh, I think they come into the relationship with um these insecurities, uh, based off of previous relationships. Uh, I know I did in my second marriage. I, I came in with a lot of insecurities based off of primarily what my first wife, my first wife did in, in, in our uh, relationship, and I had some trust issues, and that had to be gained. It shouldn't have been, but it had to be in order for me to feel comfortable to release my everything into this, into my current wife. So, um, but at, at the end of the day, uh, before it's all said and done. I need to be able to open up and give her 110%, uh, the same as I gave my, my previous wife. So, um, right. But a lot of people, like I said, they, they come into the relationship with all these, with all these different issues that um, they can't help, and, and a lot of times it maintains or it stays that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you know what I like about this show? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Sorry, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Our phones are kind of overlapping each other. So if it sounds like I'm talking over you, I apologize. No, that's fine. What were you saying? Okay. Well, you know what I like about this show? And I'm going to pick on you there. The fact that okay. with men talking to men, and it's kind of hard to do the textbook thing when you're talking to another man. <laughs> and I understand what you're saying, and it sounds real good. It does. Which part? But you're going to sit here and tell me, so you're going to sit here and tell me that every penny that you have, your wife knows about? Yes, every penny. Every single one? Except for the ones that's on the floor of my truck, but... (laughs) (laughs) You better tell her, man. Yeah, Yeah, but every penny that she owns, every single... Penny that she owns, you know about, and you know it's one hundred percent. I believe so. I believe so. I mean, all, all my stocks, uh, my stocks come to the home. Uh, all of my, uh, all the, the, um, all the houses we have, um, she knows the value of them, and 
and she knows that if we want to do a line of credit or whatever, we can, and she knows what's available and what's not. Uh, yeah, I, I have nothing to hide, you know. Uh, I yeah, mean, I find that Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley uh, statements come in the in the mail like once a month, and she she looks at it, she keeps a chart, and she knows what the deal is. You know, my um my retirement fund, even you know what I have my 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 previous jobs and this job. She knows what's in that. You know, so it's I'm not hiding nothing because you know if if I feel like I have to hide from her, then then I'm going to treat her like uh, less than a wife. I believe. Uh, I'll treat Do you her think like that's him. the case? Do you think that's the case with most men, that they disclose everything, and the case with most women, that they disclose everything in America? Emphatically, no. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you. Just asked, you, just, you just asked about me. I'm not saying I'm, – I'm just stating what it should be, and since I stated what it should be, I have to live that. I can't say – I can't be a hypocrite and say it should be like this, but I got, uh, you know, $3 million in my – you know, in my in my Swiss bank account, I can't say I can't do that. I know guys that will work that will work overtime, right, <laughs> and get that overtime check cut separately. <laughs> and they call that call that mama don't know money. <laughs> and don't tell me you never heard that you never heard that before. This is mama don't know money. I get to do it whatever I want to do with this cash. <laughs> You talking about the ones you stuff in a prop. They don't even say mama. Keep it real on here, man. Oh, yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody. Repeat it again. The mama don't know money, or I just hear him say mama don't know money. Just mama don't know money. You got something. You may have hit the number, and you're keeping that. I mean, not the big number, but a little number. Like, man, I got this little thousand dollars. I'm keeping this to myself. Is that a crime in a marriage? Wait a minute. Repeat. Hello. I didn't say it was a crime. I'm talking about, uh, we, we, we started this by saying independency <clears throat> or, or, or people in a relationship more dependent or independent. And I gotcha. stated the financial piece because, you know, a lot of people are independent away from when it comes in regards to finances or when it, uh, when it comes to separate bank accounts. So I'm not saying it should work in most houses. I've just seen the effect of it not working in my upbringing. I've seen the effect when my mom found out how, mama, how much my dad really had, and then I've seen the effects when my, my dad found out how much my mom really had. So uh, I didn't ever want to be a part of that, that conversation if I, you know, get caught up into lying to my wife about how much I said I had when I didn't have that much or I had way more than what I led her to believe. Yeah, but isn't the issue here too, guys, you know, and, and, and who's the gentleman speaking there, the the, the one that was just talking now? Uh, Darren, it's Darren. Darren, hey, Darren, I'm Chad Darren, nice to meet you. Yeah, Darren, hi. Uh, hi. I would say, uh, you know, it isn't the point to, you know, whether you're talking about finances or not, isn't it not necessarily the question, should we be dependent or independent? It's for us men, it should be whether or not our marriage is biblical or not biblical. Because really what it comes down to, whether you're dealing with finances, sex, uh, you're dealing with kids, any, any, anything at all, 
it really comes down to what does the authority of the authority of God say about a man and how he treats his wife. It's like what you're saying, I don't want to hide anything from my wife. You know why that's a good view, Darren? Because you are doing exactly what God commands in Ephesians 5, where he says, men, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You see, that's a radical uh, view of marriage. Uh, Women, uh, submit to your husbands. Now, what woman today wants to do that? If you're not a Christian, you don't care about the Christian religion, um, you're going to be kind of in your own subjective view of sub- what subjecting to your husband means. You know, what does it mean? Oh, I don't know. I, I'll, it means and we'll kiss each other once in a while. And then we'll go and pretend that we were married. You know, even marriage in itself, the value is going away. You know, this right and wrong way to live in a marriage it's becoming very subjective in this country. And I think what you're saying, Darren, is good because it's, it's, it's sticking with the root of what's biblical. I don't hide anything from my wife because we're a unit. Uh, the Bible says that you become of one flesh. Let no man tear apart. If you took two two-by-fours and you superglued them together and you pried them apart after the superglue dried, What's going to happen to those two pieces of wood? They're going to splinter. You know, mm-hmm. the wood will never be the same. It's an ordained thing for God to put man and woman together. I mean, that's my comment. I mean, I know what. The, yeah, go ahead. You, you, you're absolutely right, Chad. But you know, and I'm, and that's the point I, I stick to because that's the side of fence I'm on. But due to this, the nature of the show, we, a lot of people that call in are not Christian. But they are married, so we we necessarily don't uh, view the the Christian aspect of it because it could. We have a, a, an agnostic that comes on the show, but he's married as well, and he calls for sure. different things as well. So okay. we have to put it in the uh, in a in another perspective without saying you know <laughs> so, because it's it's not a biblical conversation. But if you want to talk about it, and that's fine. But for the for the for the vast of well, our listeners, some, somebody might not be. As, as as together as that. You know what I mean? Okay, but let me let me challenge you that there. Let me let me challenge hey Darren. I yes, I agree that not everybody is a Christian. But here's the challenge, okay? And and I, I can only speak for myself. I don't know you. I don't know the gentlemen calling that are on the radio with you right now. I have no idea who you guys are. All right. I can all I can do as a faithful Christian is give God's message. Now, a lot of you listening right now may say, may, I'm not judging you, okay, I'm just, I don't know you, but you may be saying, well, what, what God, who God, where God, you know, which God is telling you this information? I'm saying this, in anything, especially marriage, if we don't start with God, then we can't know anything, honestly. Uh, we got that, we, we got that. Yeah. We got that, and not to and not well, to and not to interrupt, but we don't want to take the conversation in that direction. We've been down that path before. What we're talking about are practical situations that happen with people that do have God in their lives, because we do run into these situations. We do have these real life things, and we and you know, again, 
Christians and non-Christians. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. But we don't want to take it down that road. We want to take it on to a more practical road without bringing the Bible aspect into it because it can get, get sure. confusing to, to well, a lot dude, of people. It's your, it's your show, and, uh, you know, sure. I certainly appreciate your, your comments, and I would just challenge you guys all. I, I'm going to leave the show right now just because I cannot say anything without bringing God into it. Sorry, guys, but that's just my understood. But, 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 but sir, but sir, the, the problem I have when you bring God and things like that is you, as a person that must see, you must see that there's as much divorced people who are Christian and as much divorced people that are atheist. You must see that there are people in Christian that you are saying, man, they're married and their marriage is not working and is awful, and there's Christian that the marriage is great. And you must see that there are people who doesn't believe in your faith, doesn't believe this, and have ex- excellent marriage, great marriage, and have no God. So I would challenge you to explain me that. How come that happens? Do you want me to, or do you want to? Yeah, yeah, I want you to, because I've met both okay. things. I've met people who are Christian that have great marriage, and I've met people who are Christian who are not. I've met people who have no God, no nothing, no Bible, but the principle of marriage is there. And they have great marriage. They would, a very a they would make a Christian feel awful the way they have a good marriage. There's, 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 there's an answer to this, but it's a, it's a little bit of a one-minute explanation. So if you at least give me that time to explain it, I will give you a good answer. Okay. If you go to Romans chapter 1, all right, Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18, when you go through Romans 1, verses 18 through 20, there's a very interesting couple verses. And what it says, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it for the sake of time, okay? It says that men know God exists. All men, every person knows God exists, but they suppress the truth with unrighteousness. Okay? Their sin suppresses it. You've probably already seen this in the world. I'm not telling you anything that is, you know, that you've never heard of before. You're, but people suppress the truth of God. They're constantly kind of like holding a, a basketball or a, uh, or a volleyball under the water. You know, you hold a volleyball under the water, what's that ball want to do? Keep going up, right? So you have to constantly hold it down for suppression. That's the idea that Paul's talking about. But there's a second aspect of that, those couple of verses, and it continues, and it tells you why people suppress the truth of unrighteousness. Uh, or, or why we know God, rather. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Why we know God, it's because, it's because God's qualities, his nature, his attributes, both visible and invisible, are clearly seen. And then the very last line to that verse is, so that they're held without excuse. So to okay. make your, okay, so the answer to, to answer your question is, why do we see good marriage and from non-Christians do we see bad marriages from Christians and then vice versa? Because all humans are the same. They have the same set of law written on their hearts. We know what's good and bad. We know because God is love, for instance. And if you don't start with him, we don't, then we can't really clearly define what love is. So I know wait, 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 wait. because because you're challenging things that that a lot of things 
you're challenging basically that you truly believe that all people who are not believers truly believe there is a God. And I would challenge you that. That would, be, that would be saying that all those people are lying, and I don't agree with that. All those people that well, doesn't well, believe in well, God well, or doesn't believe in Muslim or believe in another thing don't have the same faith or don't have the same way they were brought up. They don't have the same background. They don't have a lot of things. And you just focusing on one book, when, as soon as you're an intelligent person, especially in 2014, when we have, <laughs> I would say, a hundred times more information compared to back in that day. You know, and yeah, let me let me let me interject. Let me interject. Yeah, I think we're ahead. getting you know we're getting getting off off track. Yeah, we're going back bad. to religion. But let yeah. me just do a final thing. The, the thing is, you don't understand this. I, I think it comes back to principle. There's principle in Christian and non-Christian that we have to go back to make a great marriage. It has nothing to do with God. It has to do with the principle. The principle is we have to have respect. We have to have honesty. We have to have the foundation. And if we don't have the foundation to make a great marriage work, it won't work. And it's the foundation yeah, me, that we need, we need to do. Yeah, good words, uh, uh, Stan. And before you go, Chad, um, before we step out of the church, um, I want you to help me uh, because my friend uh, couldn't be on tonight. But I want to tell you all about my friends Kenny and Melissa from Carolina. Now, my boy Kenny and his wife, Melissa, have been married for 12 years, and they have three beautiful kids. Their marriage is very healthy, except for one thing. Over the last eight years, they've been attending the same church as a family, but the church has undergone some changes as of late. Melissa and the kids still love the church, but with the new past and the changes he's made, my boy Kenny ain't feeling the church no more. He doesn't feel it's the same as when they started going there eight years ago. He wants to try another church that some of his coworkers attend, but he knows that that the move will upset his wife and kids. My boy Kenny is trapped in his church. So what should he do? What advice would y'all give him? Kenny is trapped in his church. Well, what is he trapped with? He doesn't like the, the pastor? He doesn't like the, the messages that the pastor is giving? He's got a number of issues, but the bottom line is that it's not the same church that he started going to sure. eight years ago. I understand. You know. Well, I would, so, say, I mean, so, I would so, say... Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry, brother. Yeah. I, w- I would say that in the, it depends on the situation. You know, if there's sin, for instance, going on in the church that he's not comfortable with, that he's got to follow through Matthew 18. If somebody offends a, another brother, they should go to that person, explain that they have a problem, and hopefully they resurrect their, their relationship. Um, if there's multiple things going on, that's, a, that's an elder and pastor situation. should really sit down with them and say, hey, why do you feel this way? What, you know, he really needs to reach out to the congregation. Now, if he's already done that and he feels like nothing has been resolved, then the next step for him is to say, as a responsible man, now I, I can't speak for his wife. Like, for instance, I would think that I would love to leave my wife out of that church, but what if she's playing tug-of-war with me and saying, no, I don't want to go. I'm going to take the kids and we're going to go to this church whether you want me to or not. Well, dude, he can either put a rope around her neck and drag her out, or he needs to pray, seek more wisdom and counseling. But I hope he's handling the situation and not only using Matthew 18, but using good discernment in his heart and saying, how can I get my family out of this if this is not working for the family? 
he's the one who's got to lead his family. And there could be other issues. There could be marital issues between the two of them if she's staying and he doesn't want to stay. I don't know. But I would question all those things. Well, uh, can, I, can I say something, Rodney? Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Uh, the, the, and, 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 and Chad made an excellent point. But at the same time, you know, we, we have to go – you, you got to remember Paul met – since we're talking about the Bible in the church, Paul met the same issue with uh, certain people. And, and, and he wrote a letter to them, look, I say and not God, say, you know, if your wife want to leave you because of your religious changes, then let her leave. Now, this was his opinion and not God. So they met the same kind of problem uh, during that time. But ultimately, if the woman, uh, if they're, they're Christians and she already have an understanding of order, then she should follow her husband and pray right. with him. And if right. they want to leave because of him, then ultimately God is going to go to the man and say, hey, you're responsible. Why isn't your family developing? Or why didn't you hearken to your wife? Or so on and so forth. So he needs to uh, really... Like like Mr. Chad said, you know, go ahead and, uh, and and pray about it, and then whatever decision that is made from there, then the wife needs to follow that. Yeah, and you would hope that he's he's following that pattern again. It 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 could be a relationship thing. You know, for instance, she might get very angry every single time he brings up division. You know, well, honey, I don't like this church. You know, I think that this church is not good for us, and she immediately blows up. I don't know. You know, I don't know this couple, but I would say things are so difficult for a man. You know, I, I, I give men a lot of credit for raising families and having a wife, especially in a biblical way, because it's, it's not easy to say, woman, a man, love your wife as Christ gave up his church, uh, life for the church, and women, submit yourself to your husband. That's a very difficult um, thing to do because of our sin. That's why I was talking about this, that suppression of truth. It's the reason why we get into trouble. The reason why we go off on the deep end sometimes is because we're constantly tugging, warring against what God ultimately wants, which is something I know you guys don't want to get into. So <laughs> I would say, guys, uh, the gospel is true. You know, Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but through me. Um, that's all I got for you today. And I do appreciate for you uh, allowing me to be on your show today. Yes, thank okay, you, anytime, bro. Okay. Appreciate you. Anybody, well, before you, well, for me, before you, the part I wanted to jump in, if that's okay. Go ahead, bro. All right. I want to go academic, but anybody not familiar with the SWOT analysis? SWOT being an acronym, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Right, yes, right. That's uh, business yes. 101. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so, but what I found is... It kind of goes universal, and um, you, you all know I advocate the same thing as far as faith communities. You know, I want to be an ambassador, but they are got to embrace different ones, and I do believe what the, I'm assuming, Caribbean brother was saying about um, there, there are certain principles, and there are universal principles. I, I agree with that, no matter what faith community you come from. And tying two things apart, you all were talking about economics earlier and trade together, and also the part with the SWOT analysis. First of all, with the trade, I think of my grandfather when he got paid, you know, the check came home. <clears throat> and the, earlier, the example I gave about the net worth of the sisters being $5. Mm-hmm. How can you trust 
and I'm playing all, but and that's all again. That's median. That's median. So fifty, fifty percent actually way better than that. But if how you entrust that person with your check, and it all goes, you know, money is a medium of exchange, but it's also, you know, kind of indicator of trust to me. The mm-hmm. I applaud the brother earlier that was saying um, how y'all know each other's investments. You provoke some thought because recently one of my father's friends, he was a lawyer, accomplished lawyer, <clears throat> house is about, uh, they got nine bedrooms, that type of house, uh, as far as the one they lived in, and multiple properties. But do you know um, that brother passed at 75, had cancer, fourth stage, um, when he found out about it. And he died, a lawyer died without a will, and the family's going through some changes. Mm. So I... Something like, um, and when I think of, I think all of us probably have family members or know some families where when death came, um, you know, it exposed a whole lot of stuff, family secrets. Uh, also put some people in some economic um, tightness that they didn't foresee. So mm-hmm. I, that's one of those things I said, I like to think the word practicality came out earlier. So that that's, um, I want to tie these up. I know it sounds scattered, but. With that trade, again, tradition has got an economic root to it. And going back to the SWOT analysis, that brother Kenny and um, his wife in Carolina, I'm in North Carolina, with that SWOT analysis, I've been some change. My, my family church um, has gone through some changes. It was Amy Zion. They rotate preachers and all that type stuff. And he... I'm trying to think of four or five generations of my family on both sides of the church, and now none of us go to it because of the, mm. of the challenges that went in. Every generation except for my parents' generation, on my mom's side, so on her side, everybody served on the board, one of the boards, like one of the trustees or, you know, one of the senior boards. And... um Saying that to say, I don't know if it's the civility amongst each other, and that civility, and I don't like to use society, but for efficiency now, civility in society where we don't get along, I think of customer service. I think just about all of us, when we do something during the day, either internal customer service with coworkers, uh, with the vendor, with outside stuff, within the church, the customer service, or whatever faith community, the mosque, the temple, but that internal customer service and civility, the way we treat each other, is something to be said on that and something to be uh, talked about. The, mm-hmm. Going with that SWOT analysis, what I wanted to get at is the same way I approach with this festival. You know, I work with political campaigns, so I've dealt with controversy. But the art of that is that reconciliation when people are willing. Other times you got folks that just take their ball and go home or get, you know do other things that kind of disrupt. But when I look at the SWOT analysis, uh, I offer Kenny and his wife sit down and draw that up about her feeling involved in the process. It's like when you do change management, as long as folks feel involved in it, they have to see it. It may be some; she may be emotionally attached on some things. And uh, my aunt says it best to me: sometimes we don't do things because it's a comfort zone. We do things because me, and just because for me, it doesn't always mean it's right. So I just think that SWOT analysis would be a way of kind of approaching it objectively and also having buy-in in the process because at the end of the you have to rationalize it and you can see it right there on black and, you know, on black and white. 
um, like I tell folks in leadership, you can't be on the same sheet of music when there is no sheet of music. And That's true. With those strengths, they can go from that, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats. By the time they analyze all that together, and even the kids, don't leave them out because they've got stake in that, their stakeholder in that too. And then mm-hmm. I'll end with, um, I'm not, I've been learning more on the social sciences, I'm doing some HR stuff, but it was called guest thought or just thought. One of you all may be better at the pronunciation. The guest thought method, where basically with psychology and sociology, you meet a person from their area of strength. So, for example, just like with the uh, wives and uh, girlfriends or whatever the relationship is, you know, when you compliment or do the positive reinforcement, you get some things out. So by after that SWOT analysis is done, and then the, with the church, you know, that could change the perspective. And you start complimenting the behavior, say in Kenny's case, that he does like. And then it changes the perspective. But if, after a while, if it still is that, then that's what he sees. Uh, it's not healthy to stay in a toxic environment because you're not being true to yourself or to the God. Mm. Good words. I appreciate it, but uh, they've all been so. But that, 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 that was interesting. But uh, I'm just thinking, and I use a just share this acronym. I'm thinking about writing some stuff on it now. So more mm-hmm. copyright with you all. But it's, I use the acronym FAST when I'm doing community building, when I work with political campaigns. Mm-hmm. And FAST stands for the five things that bring people together no matter what language, country, religion they come from, food, the arts, especially music, sports, technology, and testimonies. And I find that those five things, no matter what background you come from, somehow they bring folks together. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Anybody else? That's awesome. I mean, you know, didn't really mean to get up wrapped up into the uh, biblical piece too far off the the subject. Uh, because, yeah, but before you know, but let me let me ask the before you go off into uh, the biblical piece again. Um, I want to no, add. I'm, the, not, I'm not. The, <laughs> I want to ask the opposite scenario of that situation. What if it was? What if it was Melissa that felt trapped, and it was Kenny that loved the church? Then what? Does the does your advice? Does your solution change if it was the wife that wasn't feeling the church no more? Because no, that. I think that process would take care of it because, it, again, it's buy-in and you get to see it objectively. Well, best you can, but at least you get to see it on the same sheet of paper. Well, well, it's still an order that, that needs to be followed. If, like, I, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of people, they say church, church, but it's not really church, church at the end of the day. You know, um, uh, like my man um, Ryan that was on the phone earlier, uh, we was talking and he said, you know, he was able to quote all, quote all these scriptures, but, you know, then they come to find out he's a minister, and, you know, the marriage is upside down anyway, you know, no, no intercourse in the marriage. So it doesn't – people have to live uh, what, they, what, they, what they practice, so to speak, what they, what they preach. And a lot of people don't live that at the end of the day. Now, if you're going to say, okay, the minimum – in a in a in a relationship when you're going to church together, the minimum I believe that needs to be followed is the order of the house. And if it's not, you're gonna run into another problem. 
and and you're going to have a lot more problems than just not getting no nookie from your wife. Uh, it's just going to be all upside down. So um, and, and 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 that's that's the Jazzabelle situation. But and you don't want to have one of those in your house because now she's kind of telling you what to do. I was at church last Wednesday, and um and I, and his brother he'd been asking to talk to me for like forever, and his wife is an apostle, and um and he said, hey bro, we really need to get together. I his wife is an apostle, and she is just so dominating that you can and she, you can tell she dominates that relationship like she try to dominate the church. And I just look at him and shake my head. I'm like, dude, you in trouble. But Wednesday night, I said, hey man, let's let's go out for some ice cream, yo. I mean, you know, you want to talk? Let's let's do it now. He said, well, you ain't got to ask your wife. I said, no, I'm covered. <laughs> I said, uh, I said it's the Sweet Frog right up here in Waldorf. We can just roll right up there, man. They still open. Let's sit down and talk like men, you know. And so he said, I right, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go let my wife know and um and, and you think anybody else can come? So I said, Well let me go in here and ask Mike and this person and that person and I'm quite sure it's okay, you know. So he went outside and asked his wife. By the time I walked over to where where my man Mike was, Mike I said, Mike, you feel like going out for some ice ice cream? It's on me. Dude had text Mike and said, Tell Darren I had to go maybe next time. So when he went outside, and him and his wife drove two different cars. I already, I was already sure of that before I asked him. Okay, so now you got a reverse role situation in this man's household, and his wife is an apostle, but she still don't know the order of the house. I mean, she's not following even if she knows it because here's this thing where, hey, I know more about God than you, or I'm more closer than God than you, or my rank in the church is this and yours is not. You know, now you still got that problem. So I, I, I don't like uh, people that are in church know the word, know or claim they know the word, and claim they, they, they love God and claim this and claim that, but nobody's really following it. You think that that man, you think that that man yeah. wouldn't be getting no nookie? He would have those nookie problems if his wife was really following the order? And you call yeah, yourself... Yes. I, I, okay, I want to disagree with you slightly on the order, and um, you know, make make this personal. And I, I've said this before, but you know, in this situation, um, similar scenario where you know my wife and I were attending a church, and I got the sense that um, you know she really wasn't feeling it anymore, and I was feeling that way a little bit, you know, but. The fact that she was really, she was feeling it, she was not feeling it, you know, uh, worse than I was. Um, You know, I, you know, we embarked on a new church. And, you know, the church that we go to now is definitely more her flavor than mine. You know, I would not, if I was married to anybody else, I probably would not go there. Because it was not my flavor, you know, on the front end. It's not my style. It's not how I grew up, but it was how she grew up, you know. So, again, I want to disagree with you slightly when you say, you know, that it's got to come through the the husband. And, you know, it may not be that way because I, you know, was empathetic and sympathetic to my wife's needs from a spiritual perspective, which is where we started this call, you know, in the beginning. I wanted to save this until later, but, you know, literally – 
I was empathetic and sympathetic to her spiritual needs, and and that's where we ended up going. Um, and I love my church today. You know, I, you know, initially I was like, eh, you know, this is, you know, more her speed, more to make her happy. But you know, the bottom line is that today I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, so, but again, okay. it, it was Can more catering to okay. her needs than you know than my style when it comes to worship styles. Go ahead. Okay, can I elaborate on what I was saying? Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, now, initially, I, the reason why I say that is because uh, you know, if if the man has a has a preference, then that's one thing. But we again, if we follow in the the, the Bible, God also told Abraham to listen to your wife when it came down to him letting go his son and Hagar. He 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 uh, he, he he mentioned to him. He said, "Look, listen to your wife, and I'll watch they back. Just let let them go, and and I and I got him, Ishmael and, and Hagar. I got him. Just go ahead and let them go. So when he came out the next day, he just let him go because he listened to his wife. Now I'm not saying it's never a time. I mean, another time, Pontius Pilate, his wife told him, "Hey, don't kill Jesus. You know, I had a bad dream about this man. Don't 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 do that. And just because he wanted to be voted in office, he he he, he agreed to ignore his wife. But I'm, so I'm not saying it's never a time." When, when the woman can know and the man really don't, don't know or don't, really don't have a direction. Uh, the only time that it, it does not work and the order really needs to uh, be taken in concern or in consideration is when God has told the man what to do and then the wife come along and say something else. Same instance in Abraham and Sarah's case. God told him, hey, have a child with your wife, and then the Sarah's idea was, no, you sleep with that woman, and then you get a baby with her, and then that's the child that God was talking about. I'm not talking about those times. I'm talking about the times where, you know, God absolutely told the man what to do, and then the wife comes along and say, uh, well, man, maybe that's not it. You know, maybe Rodney, you didn't have a personal preference. Maybe Rodney didn't have a, you know, yeah, Rodney went to church, but Rodney didn't care about it that much where it affect his sex life or affect his household, so, hey, why not listen to her as long as it's going to make her happy? But at a time when God says, hey, Rodney, you need to stay here, and you need to keep your family here, and then your wife come along and says, no, I want to go to another church, you better absolutely stand on what God tells you as the man because ultimately you're responsible in that case. Good words. And I want to step out of the church. Step out of the church. Um, Please step out of the church. Did anybody's (laughs) parents divorce uh, when you were a child? Anybody's parents divorced when you were a child or an adolescent? Nobody? Yes. Mine yes. was never married. My parents were never married. Yeah, mine wasn't. My, my real parents weren't ever married, but my, my stepfather, who I claim to be my real father, they got a divorce. And do you think that in a divorce situation that – do you think a person's way out of their unhappiness – requires leaving the relationship like if they're feeling trapped is is the way out of feeling trapped leaving do you believe that or no i believe i don't know i I don't know if it's an absolute Mm. Mm i don't know if it's an absolute so you don't believe in in getting you know saving the marriage at at, no matter the cost you know at all costs we got to save this marriage no, I don't. Gotcha. Double no from here. I don't. 
I don't think that, you know, you have to live in an unhappy environment, a stressful, bad-for-your-health environment for the sake of the appearance of marriage. That's right. That's a lot of times that's what it is. It's the appearance of marriage. Mm. Because if we didn't care what we looked at, you know, what, what people thought of us as being married, we probably got divorced a long time ago. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or the appearance of doing it for the kids or for the sake of the church or for whatever it is, you know. But, no, I definitely think that there is a time to stay and a time to go. It's a song. <laughs> and also, yeah, <laughs> go ahead, brother. Uh, Dr. Phil, for, I don't know how you feel about him, but I like the fact that he does go at it. He goes in, and there's there's a website. I have I had an ex-girlfriend. It was a long-term relationship, on and off for about nine years. She got she recommended this book, Relationship Rescue, it went, and it was so-called to fix me. And uh, we had mm. some faith issues and some other stuff. And after we got through arguing about how to even approach the book, we completed the first chapter. She starts crying because uh, inside there she realized that a lot of the stuff that was being talked about, she was the one doing it. So hmm. then it became <clears throat> avoidance behavior. And I don't like that defense mechanism. I, it was in a – y'all used it earlier in a context when the brother was saying something about the wife. When you do ask, when you try to get to the details, the – Default responses constantly. I don't know. I don't know, and mm-hmm. we we, we kind of yield to that. But I think that gets abused and misused. And one of the, going back to Dr. Phil also on his site, one of the things it talks about is after you've done that inner work individually, as well as the team, and if you've once you've exhausted it, and that inner work, and you become a big you know a better person yourself because that's going to be inevitable with the process that uh, it is toxic to stay and it's not healthy for anybody. Mm. And you, you said you're single, brother? You, you're single? Yes. And can I ask you a question on the on the single tip? Um, and we appreciate you being here, you know, single, single dude with this marriage stuff, but mm-hmm. I want you to ponder this. What about the idea of completely losing yourself in a relationship? And what I mean by that is that do you fear getting too close for fear that you won't be able to leave? No, was um I acknowledge that there is some fear in there. Um but it's not necessarily for that reason. Mine is more it was some inner stuff with some trust stuff, and then even some of the stuff that I've done. So it's more the process where I said uh, my mantra for the last year or two has been let me get married to myself to deal with my stuff before I start putting somebody else in it. I don't think I'm going to be perfect after this process, but I want to be a bigger and better, more improved Gerard. Yeah. I feel you on that, but that... And then that fear, my fear is I don't want any, I don't want to put other folks through my unresolved stuff, and I don't want to go through theirs because I've had some relationships where that happened, and when it really boiled down to it was, um, and I'll speak, the first thing that comes to mind, 
because I was having some conversations like these the last few days. <clears throat> I'm 45 now. It bothered me where I didn't realize to my 30s. I didn't realize how many, how much, how prevalent domestic violence was, how many women have been through molestation and rape, and that stuff yeah. that gets carried, and you know, within their own family, you know, from members they trusted within their own family as well as, you know, outside. So, man, that stuff was a whole enlightenment to me. And then when that person's not being honest with the stuff, and they bring that to you, I mean, I'm just using one example, you know, in that combat, in that perspective. But uh, that was one of those where, you know, you've got cumulative stuff built up in there. So it's not like it's going to get resolved in a day or with one conversation. And then the other part, speaking of some of tradition, I was glad to see Dr. Phil and T.D. Jakes a few years talk about merging forces because even within faith communities, um, Jakes was talking in this side. He said that certain things there are also some chemical issues. I heard y'all talk about bipolar earlier. Certain things, there's also some, you know, some mental health issues and some just unresolved stuff. And you got people, professionals within that faith community where they can use the analogy, say, if you're going down this road to spirituality, sometimes it's okay to get, take a detour, get a, go to the rest stop, kind of get some of that stuff worked on, and then get, jump back on the main road. You talk about merging forces. Um, you know, do you think that on some level that you might be a little afraid of being dependent on someone else? You know, because I, I'll tell you that a little about me. You know, I got married at 21. You know, the brother said, uh, you know, if some immature guys at 25, but I was I was four years married at 25. I'm 15 years next month. Thank God. But congratulations. I was. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, I honestly tell you that I do hear you that you're talking about how you need to really focus on yourself and work on yourself. I, I hear you on that, but at at, at some point, at, at some level, you need to quit that because it's going to continue to cause you to be be able. You'll be 65 and still unable to commit. Because you're like, I'm still working on me. And, you know, I say this because I wasn't, obviously I wasn't right at 21. You know, I wasn't the perfect husband or, you know, or anything at 21. Far, far from it. You know, and I've had storms in my marriage, you know. And, but the bottom line is that I, I don't want it to, I, I agree with the self-reflection. Don't get me wrong, brother. But I'm just saying that too often, you know, we're like, well, let me, you know, do this and do that, and then, and then I will get to, you know, uh, quote unquote marriage material. But the the honest statement is is that none of us are marriage material, and there's some stuff that we absolutely have to deal with. Sometimes we need professional help, professional counseling to deal with some of this stuff, and you don't want to bring that baggage into your marriage, as we talked about many moons ago. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't want that to hinder you from ever, you know, saying I do. You know, because you're just so focused on, you know, I've got to get this right. Okay, I've, you know, I've worked this out, and and this next thing after this, you know, I'll be ready. And then you work on that, and it's like, oh, you know, I just found something. You know, I can't commit. You know, I can't do it. I think that I I just want to caution you that, and, and maybe this is not you, but some people get into a mode where they have to get themselves ready for marriage. Where I'm just saying that as a man, 
my wife helped me to be a better husband, you know, over the years. And she was patient with me because I didn't have my stuff together, you know, like I do 15 years later. So what I'm saying is that they're, they're a helpmate for a reason because they can help us, you know, to, to be the better men that we need to be. And sometimes we do need, you know, that soft voice, uh, you know, to really balance out everything versus us. Sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. Does that make any sense? Oh yeah, it's 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 vivid, and I I agree with you on that. Mine is is other dynamics. I was just using that one for efficiency. I know about the closing yes, time, but another thing yeah. was I was a teen I was a teen parent, and then I've got um two more kids that I found about later on in life. Where one was I found out about my daughter at eleven, and my others I've got two boys. My youngest son at when he was seven. So with those dynamics, you know, it was uh I ain't been no saint that type thing, but it was one where also I wasn't as I wasn't irresponsible like it seemed. I just honestly didn't know. And some of that was for because of some of that manipulation that created trust issues for others. And then some of the times when I did put that guard down, I got burned. So it was one of those where I said, you go back to that adage where it says to not own self be true. So I was like, now my youngest son, uh, he's 21 now. And as I was reflecting, my birthday is July 1st, so it's like in the perfect center of the year. So around January 1st and July 1st, now I've got this, what I call it, my semi-annual. We do all this stuff for work and for other folks, but I'm like, let me do an assessment of Gerard. And with those type things, I I started looking and saying, wait a minute, I have not been, well, about two, three years ago when he turned 18, I'm like, legally, I said, this is the first time I haven't been legally responsible for another human being since I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I needed some air in that for a minute to uh, process that. You know, it's other stuff, too. And uh, like I said, that relationship was on and off. It was nine years. The key thing, it was bi-coastal. She had me overall, but then as life challenges came up, my, I'm a grandfather's baby. My grandfather's got Alzheimer's. Um, she never met any of her grandparents. Her dad was military, so they traveled. She never met a grandparent on either side. Um, I'm a country dude. That, that, um, that part there, the grandparents, you know, that, that's that's a staple in my life type thing. That was a third of my life. So I couldn't just up and go type things like that, and I'm, and I'm glad I did. And, I, and then so part of the reason, uh, like when y'all heard me mention in the first call about is it just limited to Christianity, and I was glad to see the uh, discussion y'all had earlier, because one of our challenges was about the faith communities. And again, I've dealt with folks from uh, as, as most most of I'm sh- most of us I'm sure have dealt with folks from diverse backgrounds, and especially with us being brothers, you know, just about every faith community is going to have the brother as the head, you know, the male as the head in there. But um, some of the dynamics in there, the you know, it's creating challenges. And when equally yoked, not just from a faith community, but even just uh, perspectives in life and willingness to try different stuff. And I guess that was, mine was more the willingness to try. So that's why I said, let me do some stuff that I want to be, uh, I want to be trite with the Pharrell thing right now, but I, I got to do some happy right now for with Gerard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, bro. Good. 
appreciate you all. I appreciate you all's example. So that's why it's it's rich for me to hear you all. And I appreciate you all, appreciate you all actually sharing vulnerabilities. Because mm. earlier when the brother mentioned, uh, he started off with, let me tell you why I like this call. And I started, I mean, this this phone call, I started thinking. It was, even though it was one time, I mean, it was like, I know y'all and I ain't even met you. But that, um, <laughs> with, I love it. Oh yeah, but, but 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 you know it's a good. But again, that's universal. You know, good brothers, good brothers. <laughs> Wherever you go, yeah. right? So, exactly. But I appreciate you all sharing vulnerable stuff and private stuff in there. But it's um, as from a single perspective, uh, that is, you know, I'm learning. So I, I appreciate mm-hmm. you all. Yeah, that's good. And I want to spin it back around to the marriage brothers as we get close to shutdown time and. With regard to feeling trapped, um, do y'all think that the enemy is the one behind all this? I mean, is is feeling trapped just a state of mind? I I believe it is. Go ahead, go ahead, brother. Yeah, no, I definitely believe it's it's a it's a state of mind. And I got I had a question I wanted to ask before the show ended, and it's kind of on the same in the same vein as what you're asking, and I don't mean to take away from what you just asked. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, what I wanted to ask was, not to get it back on the church thing, but is there a such thing as a a Christian male that got married? Could he even possibly be trapped? Is that even possible? Mm. (laughs) 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 You're supposed to say, I have a monkey wrench, fellas. Uh, yeah, is that what that is? That's a monkey wrench. My right. goodness. Yeah, restate it. Restate it, please. Restate it. Restate the question. Go ahead, brother. Restate it. Yeah, for a, a Christian male who believes in, 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 in Jesus Christ and the teachings of Christ, is it possible for a Christian male that got married to be trapped in marriage? Mm. And and, and I, I I'm going to answer the question and say it is because one hundred percent yeah I, I in, in my I I believe that because some women take advantage of the Christian brother doing the right thing and they push it all the way to the max uh, and, and and the brother in the church could be pushed and pulled either which way because his his kindness is looked on as weakness. Um, he's expected to stay with the woman if she messes up. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of different reasons because the first thing that's going to come get thrown in his face is, I thought you was a Christian. A Christian man wouldn't do that. Or, you know, where's your faith, brother? Where's your faith, brother? That, that's, these are the things that the Christian brother hears, and, you know, and, and it also kind of make him think about himself and make him deal with or put up with the person that's, that can't be tolerated most of the time. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. That was well said. That was well said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody I got you in. Well, Go just, just, uh, you, so you're saying that you may have the, the feeling of it, but you wouldn't do anything drastic about it. And that's what a, and that's what a trap feeling is. You know, you want to do something about it, or you want to say something about it, but your Christianity limits your words. 
um, because it would be otherwise looked at as cruel or unchristian-like or you know better than to say that, and why are you thinking like that when you know all you got to do is pray? And and a lot of times, uh, and, I, and this is why we don't get on these religious topics, a lot of times that's not the answer when you're dealing with reality. Uh, you're not you're not thinking about God if you're thinking about a wife that just cheated on you and you're supposed to stay with her. You know, you're not thinking about um, uh, God when when somebody did something wrong to you or your spouses did something wrong to you or overspent the finances and it caused you to foreclose on, on your home. You're not thinking about that stuff. You know, you're thinking about, man, I can't believe this woman who I trust and love went through the whole account and went through all the money and, and stole from me. What is it? I mean, you're not thinking about the Bible. You're thinking about I'm done or killing her. You know what I mean? So your your mind is is uh, is not spiritual at all at that point. You you're only in the flesh at that point. But you got people that expect you to be or remind you that you are. You know all these things that you once told them, and then you got to walk through that fire yourself. And then you feel trapped because man, I got to show this dude who I've been talking to for the last five years, and he finally stayed with his wife, I got to show him the strength in what I was saying. Mm. Go ahead, Joe. Mm-hmm. No, so I, so I know it like, like, like I was, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, I mean, just along those lines, I mean, does anybody on here feel trapped? I mean, does anybody want to leave their current marriage? I mean, the dude think, already left the phone, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> dude already left, man. And, and you know, it, it's, I think it's probably a fine line between not being happy in marriage and wanting to leave your marriage. Because mm. mm-hmm. you may not want to leave marriage, or you probably enjoy being married but you're just not happy in your marriage probably in, in a season or some frame of time you know mm-hmm. and you may believe because people are seem to people tend to believe what's going on today as their life but it's just you know a season and i don't you know generally we don't reflect back that we don't went through thousands of seasons but i i think there's a fine line between not being happy in marriage and actually wanting to leave marriage. Hmm. And I wonder so you if, you had this, I wonder if you had that no, same no. question around Christmas, Valentine's Day, and birthday. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But since y'all want to stay in your marriage, um, what are the reasons? Why do you want to stay? One reason to stay, man, uh, this is what I believe, and I'm not trying to be textbook, but I, I, I strongly <laughs> You can't <believe>. help it. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, well, one reason I stay is to better me, man. I, I can't see me bettering myself without another self. I can't see me bettering myself without a better half. I can't see me um, growing without water, so to speak. So uh as i stated before i would i would have been perfectly uh comfortable with uh sitting on my couch you know on my spare time playing playstation in my underwear eating barbecue all day i would have been perfectly 
fine. <laughs> um, but it took this woman that I have to, to motivate me into doing more, to, to motivate me into writing a book, to motivate me into getting a, another master's degree, to motivate me into helping people and buying more houses and, and showing me the, the economic side of what we don't have vice what we could have. You know, and it took her getting on my nerve with her conversation to enable me to be better. So I couldn't have never done that without a, 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 a this woman I have. You know, I mean, some other women, they, they probably would have been like, oh, okay, you playing PlayStation, as long as you give me a couple of dollars and let me go to the club with my girls, I'm, I'm fine if you're fine. But this one wanted more from me because she recognized that it was more in me that I didn't see. That's good so, stuff, man. Yeah, that's why I have to be. I have to be married because I know me. I I have to be married to this woman. Good words. Anybody else? What the reasons you want to stay married? Can I ask a question? Go ahead, Sam. Of course. Yeah, when I ask a question to that person, they say you have to be, since you've told me that she brought you all this. What did you bring <laughs> to her? <laughs> Well, she 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 benefited. She, she no, no, no. Benefit. What did you bring to her? Because I, I, I heard you. He brought the you I heard you he praise her and said, and if it wasn't for her, I would have not write this book and did this and that. that. What what, what would what would have happened if you were not in her life? Well, if if I wasn't in her life, um, I mean, she was working when I met her. Uh, I had custody of both of my children. Matter of fact, she helped me get custody of both of my children. Um, but I was, I was a broken person. So, and and I'm not ashamed to admit that I was I was broken from the previous relationship because I I was a person that always thought I'll stay married forever. So that really destroyed me, I believe. And um, and what I brought to her, well, when I came into her life, she needed a person that had potential because all the deadbeats in her life was just that. So once she saw a person that she could mold a little bit um, or a lot and tweak a little bit, then that doesn't answer the question. Because that doesn't answer the question. Marriage is both ways. You praise her. What is she praising about you? That I listen to her. Okay. Mm. I mean, because a lot of times men don't listen to the women, and I mean, I didn't have to listen to her, but I, I, I chose to, and it, and she benefited from it. Uh, she don't have to work anymore uh, if she chooses not to. If she wants to, she can. Well, we were at that point where she didn't have to because she had devised a plan for me to even get double my salary, and 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 everything that she stated and and the plans that she brought to me. Uh, they worked once I listened to what she was telling me to do, and and I was like, wow, this is just a, a remarkable thing to uh, to have this yin and yang, so to speak. Um, uh, this yin pull this yang out of a person that don't even know it's in there. So, um, but at the end, I think she was. I ain't gonna say she was in it to better me, so she can better herself in the process. But she was. I, I seen that it benefited her coming off her job, don't have to work as much, don't have to even think much now. I mean, all she has to do is just be my wife until something something comes along where she has another idea and I can decide to listen to it or not. Now, I'm not saying all the ideas that she brought to me was just flawless because it was some garbage ones too, 
But when I listened to them, you know, it was good. I mean, the good outweighed the bad, definitely. But it, and it's not. She's not a person that's not scared to try, you know, things out as far as business ventures and everything else. Because uh, I'm listening. I'm very happy that you praise your wife and everything. But I feel like men, especially a lot of people, we forgot to to ask ourselves. We bring a lot of stuff to the marriage also. And we forget to praise ourselves for what we do also. We put it aside and we praise all the women in the world. Oh, I did this, that, and that for my wife and this, that. But we forget to look at herself and say, you know what? Your wife is also supposed to praise you for what you are as a man, for what you bring to the thing. If it wasn't for you as a father to being there for your kid, you wouldn't have it. If it wasn't for you as a man to provide for her, she wouldn't be who she is. You have to be proud. Oh, that's what I say. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. I mean, she she benefited because she don't ever have to work again if she chooses not to. She she really don't because of what I have brought to the table for her in listening to her. I mean, and she does. I mean, she her her daughter had a had a son, and we are raising her grandson. I mean, if it wasn't for me, she wouldn't be able to do that. So it's not that uh that it it and it's a uh, back and forth. It's not I'm. She's getting all the benefits, and I'm not getting anything, or vice versa. It's um, we're equally uh, benefiting from being with each other. And I and, and, and I appreciate you saying that because a lot of times I don't hear that. I hear just one part of man praising the woman, saying she did that, but we forget marriage is two people. You did your part, and she did the part to make the marriage work. Right, right, exactly. And that's how it is supposed to be. In all marriages, and unfortunately, um, you, you, when you don't get past the bitterness or you can't get past the pride or you can't get past the competition, then you never meet these goals that that's supposed to be uh, that, that's supposed to complement you uh, with your wife. You, you never meet the the real deal of why you're supposed to have one. I agree. I agree. Two words. That's yeah. Um. Did all the married brothers answer that? Because I had a question to pose. Go ahead, yeah. I, I think they they did. Well, Stan, did you did Stan, did Stan married to her? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm just because it's not the first time I'm hearing a man praising his wife. But <laughs> I feel uh, sometimes, man, we forget to, whoa, whoa, she's praising you too. And if she's not praising you, you got a problem with your marriage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, oh, yeah. I, I want to cover you all to death, but I guess you can tell I like that, that book, The Seven Habits. One of the principles in there out of the seven, they talk about a synergy. And that's kind of how I, exactly. died, I said that when one plus one equals three. So the brother that was just talking about who wrote the book and everything, I mean, I, based on what you would describe it, I was vividly seeing synergy right there. And exactly. it also kind of manifested when we, talk, we were talking about the communal property laws there. I mean, that, that really... That's that's teamwork to make a dream work manifest. Right, and, right. But also, with something I've been wondering, you know, um, my dad hit me with something. He was like, when people have a nervous breakdown, they go to their earliest memory. He said, so that's why you find them in a fetal position when they're in the floor by themselves and all that type of stuff. So I was like, that's pretty interesting stuff. But mm-hmm. I was wondering, I'm a data man like you, Rodney, and so this I forgot the source, but it was talking about relationships and, and had out of marriages how 
it was a, one of those 80-20 rules again. It was saying pretty much 80% of the marriages they had a, that were so-called successful had a lot in common. But then you also had that 20 where they're exact opposite in a lot, but they were deemed successful marriages. But something I've been wondering, going back to my dad's analogy about early memories, um, be it if you were raised by your biological mother or whatever female nurturer that was in your life, what have you found that your wife, your wives, for those that are married, what similar traits do they have that that female nurturer in your life had? Who you talking to, Roger, well, right? No, no, any of the uh, well, any of the married brothers. I was just wondering, since y'all are married in there, I was wondering. Uh, you know, some, sometimes it's moms, but sometimes they, you could be raised by a grandmother or whatever that nurturer was, the female nurturer. was. Um, what similar traits have you found with your wife and that female nurturer? Man, none. If I had to marry a woman like my mom, <laughs> <laughs> I, learned, I learned what kind of woman not to be with when I – because, <laughs> I mean, I, I think because of independence and the way – um, certain, you know, Southern women were raised back in that, that time. They were raised to, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of bitterness, and I didn't want that in a woman because that that kind of, that stuff can spread. Uh, and then in, in my first marriage, that's what I end up getting, uh, not on purpose, but that's just what happened. Uh, and it was just a lot of, um, you know, women that want to take your place as a man and demean you and and think it's okay to do so. I mean that's that's never okay. That's never okay to do. And um and I was like, man, I married my mom, you know, and this ain't what I meant to do, you know. Yeah. And, that was bitterness toward yeah. men or just bitter period. Just I I would say bitter towards life and that negative energy comes off on everybody in the house. Okay. You know, it's just like if if something goes wrong at their job or if somebody uh I mean, I can, I can remember bringing a, um, a Oriental girl in the home because uh, she was she was a fine chick and and I and and she and she looked good. I mean, I I was all into karate movies and stuff, so naturally I was attracted to Asians. You know, I was like, it's a different flavor. It ain't no, it ain't no, uh, no no net rolling and all that stuff. So I brought this girl, <laughs> Anoy Seku, in the house, man. I brought her in the house. Beautiful Asian chick, and um, and and my mother, uh, she when she said some derogatory uh, slangs, get that chink, this, that, and the third out of this house, and and I was like, what? She's in the she's in the other room. Can you can you just? And then my dad followed up with the same thing. I was like, he wouldn't have never said it if she wouldn't have said it. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. And 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 I just got. I, I just I just felt real bad because I said you know you can't I I can't deal with I mean I felt so embarrassed because the lady was in the other room she 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 heard what they were saying about her and of course I couldn't go clean it up because she had already heard it so I just ended up being with I think I ended up being with who I was with because I, I didn't I wouldn't hear all that negative mess from my parents you see what I'm saying. I couldn't be free to be who I wanted to be with at that time. I got you. That that, that would have been the Wesley Snipes and Terrence Howard route. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
That's good. But it stands so eloquent, eloquently stated earlier. Each of us is responsible for our own life, our own happiness, and our own results. We can't delegate that job to our spouse or anyone else. And at the root of every lack of trust is fear. And Christians should have nothing to fear. What about the Muslims and the Rastas? Georgia. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.